on what's this week's Devon the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Haxon, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's your week, week been, mate? Hi, mate. It seems like ages since I've been on. I've been on me on me jollies, come back, mm. and a lot of actions happened. It's been okay since obviously Saturday was Monday. Sorry, was unbelievable. Just mm. what, what a great great day for us. But uh, overall, yeah, not too bad. Unfortunately, if anyone's watching this on on YouTube or anywhere else, I might squint a lot because I've had a bleed, so mm. I can't see out my right eye right now. So uh, just apologising to everybody who's watching. If you're listening, obviously it doesn't affect you, does it? So I'm going on about. I've had a good a good week, you know, following on from the the, the Thursday night as well against Hull. It's been, uh, you know, you come back off your holidays and, and and bump into two games like that. Just it doesn't get any better, does it, as a Salford fan? So I'm great. How, how was yourself? How have you been? Yeah, went to Blackpool this week. Went to Blackpool Zoo. You ever been to Blackpool Zoo? I haven't been. I haven't. I've never done Chester and all them, but never Blackpool. Very good. Very good. Loads of different types of monkeys and birds and all different kinds of stuff going on. Really good. Really quite enjoyed it. Took the took the son, my son and her, my daughter and my wife and had a nice trip round that. And then we went to the front, had some fish and chips. That's what you got to do when you go out of Blackpool, aren't you? you got to go and sit on the front, have some fish and chips. There was a cycle thing going on the front but to close the the front to traffic and let load of cyclists cycle the route and which was which was nice different i suppose keeps the environment good in, in blackpool for a couple of hours with the cyclists move mooched up and down yeah it's, it's quite good that i think that promenade is a bit bit busy isn't it so it's mm. a nice nice change and you went to the zoo and see the monkeys just like being yeah. in the south stand there, <laughs> some of the time but no, no i've never been to blackpool zoo. it's something i must i must try i don't know why i've never been just mm. I don't know, a bit random. Probably because I avoid Blackpool quite a lot, but I will try that because I've heard it's quite good. So Yeah, it's good. Oh, in lots of different compartments and, you know, it's like hilly, but they've also kind of built on it. So you've got like different sort of walkways and grandstands and stuff like that to watch different uh, animals do different stuff. So yeah, it's good, good fun for all the family and all that jazz. So that was my fun thing I did this week. Loads uh, to go on. Uh, look back at both the wins this week uh, for Salford. We'll look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. We'll look back at the ladies' victory against Hull with uh, Megan Kundaliff and uh, we'll preview the game against Alton on Saturday. We've got our Player of the, the Year nominations, Parker, so we're going to talk about that and, and see who we nominated and give our listeners the opportunity to vote for a winner. And then we're going to preview the Warrington game on uh, Saturday, so loads to go at. Are we looking forward to this, Parker? Yeah, yeah, it's always good to get to the end of the well, I say the end of the year. We might not, we might be going on for a little bit longer yet. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, you start to, to sort of review things and look back a little bit as well at this time of year, don't you? And mm. obviously the, the, the rugby's the, the foremost thing at the moment, but you do. I mean, you know, I was having discussions on Monday regarding the player of the year and that kind of thing. And obviously the club have had their own awards and it's interesting to pick up people's views and what they see in certain players. So it's been, uh, yeah. So it could be, a, could be a lively one that, and I dare say people get involved on on Twitter and tell us we're we're all completely wrong. But that, that's that's the way it should be. That's why it's debate parking. That's what it's all about. You, you know, no one's ever right, no one's ever wrong, but we have an opinion, and that's what podcasts are all about. We're out, we're allowed to voice our opinion on who we think's deserving of our three trophies that we're going to provide. Yeah, all very posh. Mm. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll start and look back at the two victories last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. (laughs) 
So, obviously, we'll just touch on the victory against Hull. We won 28 points to 18. Half-time, full-time turnaround for Salford. Parky shows good character. Yeah, it was it was a tough one when it was a, a real sort of battle. Fair play to, to Hull. They came with a lot more than I expected. Uh, they were they didn't give up. I think they just ran out of, of energy really uh, at, at times in the game. We got to you know a decent start and then they're, they're back in the game and he did sort of swing and it was it was a period with about ten fifteen to go where it was a little bit you know edgy and I thought these these could come back and steal this. We were starting mm. to make a few mistakes and but. As I said at the time, I think you know sometimes you win ugly. As long as you win, it doesn't really matter. But you know after the, the rugby we've seen from from the, from the lads for the last God knows how many months, it, it was uh, in stark contrast at times. But it, it needed to be done. They, they had a huge pack, some really big players that we had to try and cling on to, and they were making big meters. And I think I think a follower side would have really stretched us even more so than they did. But uh, no, full, full credit to the lads. They stuck in there. They stuck to the game plan. And, you know, five minutes ago, we came on with a bit of a wet sail, but we, we deserved it. We, we were still the better team over the game. Mm. But full credit to all, they, they give us a real challenge. Probably probably one of the toughest we've had in a, in a while. And it's a good thing because coming to the playoffs, if you just keep blowing teams away, you, you can get a bit maybe a bit lax or just think this is, this is easy, we're going to keep doing this. And I think it was a bit of a wake-up. And obviously, there was, there was times in the game where I noticed we made subs um, to players that maybe we wouldn't have done. I think that was great. I think Paul Paul Rowley there has looked and gone, we've got another game Monday. Let's keep these lads fresh. Let's not overdo it. And I think just them changes made a difference as well at times. You take off certain players, you lose a bit of impetus. We, we fully deserved it. We were we, we, we worked hard for it. The forwards really stuck in there. Like I say, they, they've got a big a big pack, FC. But uh, no, another great win for them. Yeah, I think big moments, big players come to play, don't they? And Mark Sneed towards the back end of the, the second half kicked to the whole winger he spilt the ball I think there was a drop out then and then we went and scored and games changed don't they I think it was quite close to that point I think it was something like 22-18 or something like that so you know, that is why Mark Sneed is in the team because he's obviously an experienced player he's been there and done that and obviously he knows what needs to be done in certain situations and I thought it turned the game for us so that did and, and obviously that showed why he's class. Yeah, very much so. I mean, shown his, his experience, hasn't he? That, that's the thing. And as the scene's gone on, he really has got better. I was critical early in the year that I didn't think he was taking control of games in the manner that he should. And then as the team's improved, he's improved out of sight. And, and again, you know, I think Rolls mentions, doesn't he, in, a, in one of the interviews about the fact, you know, he's won two Lansford trophies. He knows big games. He knows how to, to guide a team. And his, his, his experience is going to be valuable in the playoffs. But in that game in particular, because I don't think I think Brody was a little bit off the pace, maybe, or certainly wasn't his best game. He's never he's never had a bad game for us, but he wasn't his best. So we relied a lot on on, on Snady, and he was he was fantastic as he has been for months. He's he's kicking game alone can just turn the team around, just make them do that extra five ten meters they don't want to have to do. And, and obviously with the ball recently, he seems to be seems to be smiling a bit. Uh, which I've never seen Sneedy do from when he was in the academy with us years ago. He never smiled then, so it shows he's, he's obviously enjoying something. But he was he was good, but I, I have to give sort of special mention to the forwards because he really got stuck in in that game. It was it was tough. We'd just come back from France as well, haven't we? You know, a few days before. So all in, we we can't complain. It was another good win. Kept that momentum going, which was the main thing. And and who knows? You know that that could have been the vital the vital points that we needed just to keep us in there. Yeah, put us in the six, which is 
which was crucial. Obviously, you know, we talk about Paul Rowley and his mentality and, and the team's mentality of taking every, every game as it comes. And I think it's important, obviously, but the, the game was a pressure game. It felt to me like a, like a playoff game, really. Mm. So for us to be able to, to eke a win out, we'll build confidence. The players will feel confident now going into more pressing playoff games that they can do a job. Yeah, I think that's probably probably the key. When you get to these playoffs, obviously the intensity steps up massively, doesn't it? It is a huge... And you, you wouldn't think it could because each week what you see the players go through is, is unbelievable. We needed games like that. We really did. I remember 2019 and, and Ian Watson saying after... I think it was Leeds away. But that was it. That was the time when he felt that was a proper playoff game. That was the preparation we needed. Mm. And after that, obviously, we, went, we were still on that run and what happened happened. But we... It kind of that that kind of game put us in good stead, and it made the players realise at what level you've got to be at for the next. Well, obviously, get Saturday out of the way, but for the next three, four, five weeks, whatever it's going to take, that's the level you've got to be at. There is no drop. There's no there's no space for mistakes or anything like that. And Hull, you know, made us aware of that. Yeah, the ladies were in action as well. They played Hull FC in the first half of the doubleheader. I spoke to Megan Kundaliff about that victory for them, 36 points to four, and this is what she had to say. Yep, so we're joined by Megan Kundaliff from the Salford Red Devils Ladies. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi, Megan, you all right? <laughs> good, good. Yeah, so we'll, we're going to look back at the, uh, the victory against Hull uh, at the AJ Bell. You won 36 points to four. Uh, you know, fantastic win for you ladies. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I think even like the double headers are so good for us. Um, mm. And because it, it gets a crowd where we wouldn't necessarily have one. And like we, you hear the lads say post interview and stuff at how the crowd really, really brings it. And I think it, the same goes like it, you know, I'm, I, I'm a witness fan. And even I'd say like Salford at, the fans are incredible and they get behind you and it, it can make a, or break a game. And I think the drive that they had behind us for Hull really kind of drove us to, to do better. Hmm. And I put on a performance for you. So hope we did that. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, you know, playing inside the AJ Bell Stadium, you know, with all the you know the changing rooms and, and all the lights and all the crowd, it, it sort of it certainly adds to that sort of atmosphere, doesn't it, for, for you playing and for us, you know, watching. Yeah, definitely, and it, it's we do, we don't change our process though, and I think that's that's part of it. We don't, well, we try not to let it kind of get to us. Uh, Batesy said it in the past, and other girls have said it in the past, and it's it's like what we do pre-game is exactly the same, no matter where we're playing, who we're playing against, the situation, the occasion. We just kind of do what we do. Sometimes the changing rooms are a bit nicer, but <laughs> pitch is definitely a bit softer. But but yeah. What was the worst? What's the worst changing room been this been in this season? This I mean, season, <laughs> um, I think I'll keep that one to myself. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. As long as that has, that's all I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's obviously look back at the the, the whole win. Salford opened the score in Serena Tamau uh, with a first score, crashing over by the post after a bit of a good interplay. Serena, fantastic forward, makes big meters, puts big hits in. It's uh, must be a must be a you know a pleasure playing alongside her. Honestly, it's incredible. Serena's one of the players that I've 
known for years and years. And so I've been fortunate to play on the same team as her after playing against her for so long mm. because she is absolutely devastating, both in attack and defence. So I'm glad that she's uh, no longer defending against me. I can uh, safely say that she is a, a, a tank of a woman. <laughs> she's incredible, honestly. Can't Yeah, and uh, she's one of them players you just feel safe playing against. Like, if you miss a tackle you know that she's got it or, you know, if you need a break, she'll step in and she's a great addition to the team. She mm. really is. Yeah. Uh, so for his next try scorer, Alex uh, Simpson. Lovely work by Louise Fellin in putting through the hole and Alex Simpson does the rest like Alex Simpson does. Yeah. Uh, just doing her thing, really. And she's been dotted about the pitch throughout the season, playing wing, centre, full-back. So she's just kind of running everywhere, but wherever you put her, she just kills it. Yeah, and got an absolute nasty step on her as well <laughs> very very jealous <laughs> yeah I think Serena Tamal said that as well that the, you watch the sort of the backs playing sort of amongst themselves and she's got you know tremendous footwork and she thinks she wishes she had her step um, but obviously being a forward you've got you have different strengths don't you really I suppose not if you have a step as well you'd be that'd be a bit will be a <laughs> Yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> oh, well, Maybe we can one practice day. and keep going. <laughs> Hopefully, one day you might have one. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Salford, obviously, in front of that point. Obviously, what was going through your mind at that, at that point? It's one of them. It's trying not to let the scoreboard get into your head because hmm. uh, it's something that can happen so, so easily. And games like the Witness game, for example, is perfect for that because. I think it was Bates who was saying like the difference between a good and a great team. Mm. Uh, when we are ahead and when we can get ahead and stuff, that's when you know we might try something different, see if it pays off, or, or if we've been practicing a move in training, maybe try that out. But yeah, it's just to keep consistent, really. Complete every set. We aim to keep complete the first five sets of every game. Uh, and then the coaches sneakily add more and more sets every pre-game talk so it started at complete the first three then it went to five and now it's ten right. so our aims to complete the first ten sets of every game uh, so yeah so it's it's just continue trying to do what we do really yeah and, that, and that's why that's why you're top of the league aren't you because obviously you're able to complete and, and play at that higher level and, and obviously other teams aren't able to deal with, with with that intensity and that's sort of down to you as the players as well as the coaches obviously the coaches are there to sort of guide you and, and sort of advise you what you need to do but if you're completing at such a high rate teams are gonna gonna struggle aren't they yeah it's a coach who, who loves a saying hmm. and one of his most common ones is a game's not 80 minutes it's 80 moments win more moments you win the game mm. and so I think that kind of works hand in hand with our completion rate and stuff because we obviously want to complete more sets than the opposition we want to win more moments than the opposition and yeah. um, even if it's just a couple of drives and a kick it doesn't have to end in us scoring obviously it's always good when it does uh, and it is the aim but if it doesn't it's it's not get disheartened work hard in defence, get the ball back, make sure they don't complete their set. Hmm. So, yeah, it's just kind of going through the process, really. Yeah, I might have to steal that. It's not 80 minutes, it's 80 moments. Yeah. I'm going to steal that one. I'll use that one on here. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit, though. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> if you start crediting that to me. <laughs> 
Solver's next try, Kate Gary, wonderful team move from right to left, and Kate Gary squeezed over in a corner on her birthday, which is a which is a great present. Yeah, absolutely, and I think she'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's the first time she scored for us as well. Oh. Um, so to score at the AJ Bell on your birthday after such a great team effort, hmm. and I think there's some pictures and stuff. I know I know she certainly posted some, but how happy everyone is around her, how you just get behind everyone. Um, so especially when it's their first time scoring like that, so yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a cracking little try. <laughs> it was, it was, and like you said, that the picture. I think Steve McCormack took it. That she's like punching the air and delight. And I suppose if you've dreamt about that moment and then it comes, yeah, it's that whole emotion in it of, of getting over the line for the first time. And yeah, she 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 loved that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, so we're in the box seat at that point. And then the next try, Abby Collins, wonderful individual effort, burst the line, went around the full bike, watched it, weren't like she wasn't even there, and crashed over life to score. Not the first time she's done it at the AJ Bell. I think she did it against all Kingston Rovers as well. So she's got farm in this department. Yeah, she's, again, like, you'd think by the way that she plays that she's one of the more senior players, but, mm. but she's not. She, she's not long turned 19. She's a forward with the pace of a back and the strength of a prop. Like she she's just like the dream rugby player really. And she she she's horrendous to try and play against because she is a forward with a step and with mm. pace and strength. And it does take more than one person to get her down. Mm. And in defence she's just absolutely ruthless. And it, it's mad to think that this is her like first full season at league. Hmm. We actually, are. I don't think she's one of the ones that's come from Union. Right. Um, so, yeah, future's bright for our abs. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you, you talk about sort of the whole pack, uh, you know, are quite consistent. You know, they've got a goal forward like yourself. You know, I see you as one of our sort of main sort of goal forward forwards, really. And, you know, with a pack like that, and you've got your sort of your backs and your half backs pulling sort of tries and magic out the back, you know, we're, we're, we're a team to be, to be fair, aren't we, really? Yeah, I think when you, like, even out of the try scorers that you've just mentioned, they're not all, like, from the wings, for example, they're not all scored by our backs, which shows, like, the talent that, that is in this team. Um, and it's not even the, the score and the tries, it's the effort to get there and the effort to stop them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, scoring from left, right and centre, it's like, it, it's the dream, really, and it, it's it creates a good atmosphere when you're kind of in that group that you just fully support each other no matter what if something goes wrong no one really minds because it's like all right yeah you might have dropped it or or pass it forward or whatever but what do you do now you work on it or you make it up in defense or you know it's 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 honestly great yeah I suppose it's only an error if they score off the back of it or they can, you know, they score or make metres off the back of it. If your intense level is there, you might force an error. So then it cancels each other out, doesn't it? So and that's the the important thing, really, about this team because, like I said, they don't get, they don't, we don't get downhearted about sort of errors or things that go don't go wrong. They just hit the reset button and we go again. And, and that's what top teams sort of do for me. And obviously, we went into half time there in, in front. Uh, what was it? What was the change room like? Um, Considering we were winning, it was pretty calm. It was a hot day. Everyone was tired, so yeah, we yeah. weren't sitting around. <laughs> uh, so it was just kind of, again, just our process, kind of cooling off on our own. 
um, having a chat amongst ourselves and then having the coaches chat as well and having their input. Um, yeah, and then just going back out and doing the same but facing the other way. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, Paul did score first try of the second half, but we hit back a try from Taz. Lovely sort of work from her. Demi put her in in the corner and momentum was with us. And then Rahadi went over in the corner. What a, what a player she's been uh, since she's arrived. Yeah, so like you mentioned like the, the effort from Demi for yeah. Taz to get in and stuff. And I think the link up between our halves, Lobs and, and Demi, have like improved game by game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they've got an incredible link up. And when you add Taz into that mix as well, it's, yeah. it's really hard to defend. Uh, and then Sadie as well. Sadie, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What, what a great addition to the squad. Uh, you know, she she's one of them that she, she's come a bit later to the team, mm. but fit right in. And I know I'm not the only person on the team to say that or, or notice that. And, and yeah, that what she brings to this team is ridiculous, really. She's got insane skill pace she's got she can tackle like an absolute beast now it's really good and she she just makes a, a strong side even stronger yeah and then the final score of the day taz got a second obviously weaving in and, and getting over in the corner for, for, for salford and obviously back on top of the table and uh riding high yeah it's nice sitting so high on the table i must admit mm. uh, so just Fingers crossed that we stay there. <laughs> you know, when you began the season and you obviously started at Salford, what was? Did you ever dream you'd be in this situation where you've where you've won the league cup and then now you're top of the league and now you're on the verge of a, a league cup double if we do sort of turn all and over on on Saturday? Um, it's one of them, and I was, to be fair, at the start of the season, I was hopeful for the team. I knew that something good was coming. But I didn't realise that it was going to be like this. Mm. At the start of the season, they were saying, oh, yeah, we want to win the league. Uh, we want to be in Super League in X amount of years and top of it in a couple more after that kind of thing. And my first thought was, you're having a laugh, aren't you? Like, <laughs> together, <laughs> no one knows each other, really. Like, you had a, a few people come from the same club and, mm. and people that have, you know, been playing rugby a long time so you know each other through that but my first thought honestly was you're messing I was like I'm hopeful I was like I'm I'm happy for third but now um yeah Super League top of Super League next year (laughs) I'm all for it I believe it (laughs) so when was the moment it switched for you um it was I start start, pre-season I was starting to feel pretty confident because when we started linking a bit more. But I think Warrington away, the first yeah. league game we played, the attitude we showed in that game, the perseverance we... Because it was like a they score, we score, they mm. score, we score. And it was very, very, very close up until the very end. We we kind of edged that one. And the attitude and the reaction to every single one of those girls on the pitch after Warrington had scored and mm. we'd start to lose or something like that, that was like, actually, no, we're all really positive about this. Mm. We've got a good thing going on. Let's play our game. Play, like, 
have our process mm. win this game and we did and then once we won that game I was like hang on a minute yeah <laughs> those goals aren't actually that unachievable <laughs> yeah because I remember that Warrington game and they had about eight sets on our line at one point and it was like the Alimo just kept coming but we just stood firm and that's a, a good sign of a, of, a, of a good team that can absorb that kind of pressure yeah and because it's hard to say, like because we are a new team and I know we say it's so much and you say it so much on the podcast and stuff but it, it's it's true, like it's our first season. No one knew what to expect, including us. Yeah. And the fact that um, we just kind of... I don't, grew. Oh, I don't know. I'm grew. What it is, but... you grew as a oh. team. So I can see you. I can still go in. It's fine. I say, I, can, I, I think you grew as a team. And, and at this point, it's like the world. The world is your oyster. We don't know where the ceiling is, do we? Let's be honest. So it's going to be, a, you know, a, a fascinating end to, to, to this season to see sort of what happens and if the, the fairy tale sort of can sort of come true. But talking about the fairy tale and the, and the, and the journey we've been on, talking about the cup final, uh, the league cup final. Well, what was what was that like? Obviously, you're representing Salford in the first sort of ladies cup final. You know, what, what was your feelings about that? Um. So a lot of people had a diff- different kind of way of processing the fact that we were in a final mm. and the pre-game process and things like that. Like our, like I was saying before, like our process was still the same. Yeah. Yeah. And Batesy likes to kind of keep us humble, like, oh, you know, play a game, not the occasion. And, mm. you know, the same amount of people on a little grass pitch and stuff like that. But uh, there's some people that find that nervous. Mm. But I... Me personally, I quite like to remind myself, hang on a minute, we're in a final. Yeah. Let's let's go and do the best you can and, and the the pressure, I'm the type of person that I like the pressure because mm. it gives me that little bit more adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was it was a strange buzz in the changing room because we all had the mentality of, okay, win or lose. We've made it to a final in our mm. first ever season, and that's an incredible achievement. If we win, amazing. If we don't, will we go again? Like <laughs> on to the next game? Because yeah. um, it, it is a kind of we play game by game, and again, I know it's sort not say a lot. Take every yeah. game, but but it's true. It's like okay, yeah, there's, there's a final, but. We we've got another game first, or mm. <laughs> I suppose that's what it is. I suppose it's about remaining sort of focused. I think sort of remembering back. I think the semi final was was more sort of nervous. I know that. I think did you go down and collect collect your degree down to was it university? Yeah, and you went and a mad sort of three hour drive, fit your results back and drive back again. So that was, you know, I mean, that was a, a you know a crazy uh, sort of moment as well, involved in all the all the drama of the semi. Yeah, um, spent a lot of money on petrol that weekend. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, when it was my graduation, so yeah, I yeah. graduated on the Saturday and had the semi final on the Sunday, wow. and then went back after the semi and <laughs> celebrate. We couldn't yeah. the night before the game, but um, yeah, that that was a a, a mad little weekend. Yeah. Uh, spent most of it in a car, but. 
I'm, I'm buzzing that I did because I, I wouldn't have wanted to miss that experience for anything. Mm. Um, playing in the semi, like, uh, you know, the fact that I travelled that way as well, it, again, it made me want to do well and make it worth it. Yeah, so yeah. I, even more glad that we, we won that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go forward, forward in the car, going forward to the final. You know, and it was, uh, you know, what, what, a, what a fantastic victory overall as well. Obviously, you know, what was the, what were the scenes like after the match? Um, amazing. Everyone had their go of of lifting the plates and getting your little photo opportunity and stuff. Seeing like friends and family hmm. being able to enjoy that with you as well was amazing. Uh, Salford fans traveling down, amazing. <laughs> so, it was it was incredible. The changing rooms were the happiest, danciest changing rooms ever. Everyone singing, everyone dancing. It it was the women's football final that day as well. It so was. yeah, both us and some of the oral girls, like, kind of stayed back at the club and watched the game and all celebrated that win together as well. Mm. So I think that was nice, and it kind of shows what rugby is about, and and women's rugby is all just for the sport leave everything on the pitch okay we might have won uh, but we'll still all have a pint together after the game yeah. <laughs> and we could all be celebrating again in about three weeks time four weeks time never know yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah we're hopeful but again not to be that guy but one game at a time <laughs> <laughs> just keep keep marking them off off the old podcast bingo it's fine <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was Megan Cunliffe, Parky talking about the victory for the ladies against Hull, and obviously, you know they were they were chuffed that they got a result. Uh, Hull are a good side, but obviously we are, you know, a top side, and we we found a way to win. Yeah, just just like the, the men's team in a way, you know, sometimes it's it's not all going to go your way, and you've got to, you know, it's going to be a struggle to get through the game. But again, the momentum is there behind them, and the, but the pressure's on. Because in a different way than than the, the men's team, and the men have got the pressure to finish in the six and then go on and train. At the moment, everybody wants to beat Salford. Mm. You know, in the women's, certainly in the, the league we're in, and hopefully next year everybody will be training again in the Super League. Again, another tough, another tough task, and it asked a lot of the girls. And it's obviously it's different again for the ladies because of you know then they haven't got the full time, you know, sort of. Uh, they've got work as well and everything else that goes with it. It's draining. It really is draining for them. So another another great win. And uh, we're just eking closer, aren't we now? it's There's a big one coming up. But I don't think we well, we couldn't have asked for any more than we, we've had. And that was just another good performance. Like you say, I mean, Hull, Hull are a decent team. They, mm. they, you know, they're, they're, the Women's Rugby League in Hull's been big for a long time. They're, a, they're an established sort of side. And again, they're the kind of games that you need. Against teams like that, who know the way around, who know the little sort of cheats, if you like, they've just done it again. And fingers crossed now that this weekend coming up will be kind of deciding of, of where we finish in that table. Yeah, they had a couple of French internationals hull centre in a winger. So, you know, they, like I said, they've got a good calibre of player. They, they came into the game in good form. They won, I think, two games on the spin. So Chris Bates' ladies met them, met them foot face on and and took the win, which is, is great. And obviously this week against Alton, it's going to be a, another great game. Obviously playing 1v2 in the league, it's going to be a fantastic uh, match. I'm, I'm sure you know the Soul fans will want to get down there and support our ladies. But we'll talk about that 
sort of later and we'll, we'll move on to the, the Casford win on Monday Parker. Casford 10, Salford 50 what, a, what an amazing game pressure was on, Salford delivered Yeah, I think people are probably bored of listening to me about this, it was unbelievable wasn't it that, that second half performance, I mean the first the first 10 minutes was unbelievable but that, that second half performance was, was something it was special It was. there's no other word for it but we just seem to it seemed like men against boys at times. I don't know cast have lost players. I'm not, I'm not mocking them in any way, but they, were, they didn't seem like they were in our league. Some of the play that we were putting on, the moves, the, the body's in motion constantly, mm. making the opposition wonder, you know, who is getting the ball. Some of the lines we were running were absolutely first class. And I think if you're a, if you're a fan or a player of another club and you've just watched that, you're, you're a little bit worried about Salford at the moment. You, you're thinking that, they're probably not the team we want to face because you don't know what we're throwing at you. I know we, we've seen it as fans for, for weeks and weeks now that this is how we play. But even not, things took me by surprise. The way we played, the way we went about it, the way we built tries, you know, it wasn't just, let's just throw the ball wide and see what, you know, you could see the structure and what we were aiming at and we were targeting certain players and certain areas of the pitch. And again, I mean, our halfbacks were out of this world. They were they were superb, just controlling the game. And then again, they've got to mention the forwards. They are relentless at the moment, absolutely relentless. Again, I was critical again at the start of the year, wasn't it? About we didn't make meters, we didn't do this. Well, that's I mean, that's gone. I don't. This is a, this looks like a completely different team to me. Mm. I don't know what Paul Rowley and, and Kurt Agassi, Danny Orr have done with them, but um, I think they've swapped them somewhere along the line with it. With Melbourne or something, it, it, it was just just watching it was was mind blowing at times. I've watched it again about three times since uh, since uh, since Monday um, on on reruns, and I watched the Super League show, and I just love listening to people talk about us in this positive manner. I mean, even John Wilkin couldn't put us down this week, and if he can't do it, then then we're doing something right. I mean, that first sort of ten minutes, we were in shock. We, you know, as fans, we were like looking at each other, bewildered, going, what, who, who are these people? You know, what is going on here? And again, they were special tries. They're not little dive-overs. They're not, you know, a chip to the corner and try and out-jump someone. These are well-worked tries. I mean, obviously, the first one we, where Brody goes through was was quality. But the one down the wing, Cal Watkins to Ken Seo with Ackers and, and Brody Croft involved, must have had five metres to work in. And somehow all four of them have touched the ball and we scored. I, it's I, it's unbelievable to watch and as good as we were in 2019 and that great run we had and we went all the way to the final this is a much much better team much better and we probably don't when you look at us on paper have the same kind of stars as perhaps we had in 2019 maybe I don't know I think that might have caught a few people out but it's just the entertainment I mean this is stuff that Saints fans have been spoiled with for 10-15 years and we're having our shot now, and I just hope we can we can carry on with it. Yeah, it's intensity, it's speed, it's speed of thought, and it's playoff rugby. This team yeah. is playing playoff rugby. We've we've been playing playoff rugby for about eight weeks, mm. really, and we've we caught Castleford hot in that first fifteen minutes. The rest of the first half, Cass came back into it. Mm. Yeah, we had to dig a bit. We got to the second half. Max D kicked a penalty. And then for me, that second half was all about game management, really. Mm-hmm. We yeah. Max D came into the game. He knew what we had to do. And we just saw the game out. And that, and that is it's a great thing 
for any team, especially a team who's in the playoffs, that they can turn it on and then keep the momentum going throughout that, that second half and end up with a big score. Yeah, I was saying exactly the same thing. When, it, when we went, I think we went 14-0 up, and I said, all we have to do now is control this game. Mm. We'll win it anyway. It's very difficult for a team to come back. We found it ourselves this year to, from scores like that. And then we went over again, and I was like, 20 nil. And I, I, I was going to say it at the time, and I didn't. I'm quite glad I didn't. But I was going to say it's game over. Because they're not going to come back and score mm. 21 points without us getting anything. That wasn't going to happen at that point. I didn't say it, but all I kept saying was just control the game. We don't have to score. We didn't have to score another point at that point. We mm. just had to stop them doing it. And we, we let that go a little bit. Not not for long, because every team, as I said at the time, and I've said it a few times, that every team will get some momentum in a game. And when it turns, it's very difficult to stop in the modern game. I don't know what it is about it. It's the speed. You know, once you've got the ball, it's a bit like Union. You don't give it away. You, it's up to you. The opposition will touch the ball when you let them. Yeah. Cast did that for 20 minutes, just before, our, you know, leading up to our time. Fair play to them considering the players they had missing, they really, you know, give us a give us a bit of a go. But in that second half, we just stepped up the intensity and the, the pace that we played at. But the, I, I suppose the other thing that we've not mentioned was our defence. Yeah. In that second half. I mean, some of them hits. It was like, it, it was like we were in the lead by two or, mm. or four. The way we chased everything, we moved up in a line, we stopped them dead. They've got some pretty big forwards and they weren't going anywhere. And then what, what sort of epitomised it was was that brilliant chase back on Daryl Alford. As soon as he caught the ball, I looked down and thought he scored. And then he, I sort of heard people, go on, go on, locked up. And then these two had just come from nowhere. I mean, Mark Sneed, I'd never really thought of him as being blessed with pace. He's caught a winger. So he must he must have something about him. Ryan Braley, obviously, we know he's got a bit of a turn, a turn of heel and everything. But for them two to chase back at that point in the game where the score was... We're still in our favour, but it was in the balance a little bit. Mm. They've gone over, then you don't know their crowd get get onto them. You know the atmosphere at Weldon Road can be can be intimidating when when they get a roll on. And that just said it all because we stopped them then, and then they got the ball and we were back ready to defend, and they couldn't go over. And then when we got the chance at the other end after Kenny Seo had intercepted, we scored, and that's the difference. We we created and take chances. We're a very very dangerous team. Yeah. I think you're talking about that that Ken Co moment there, where Sneed straightens up in the in the move, which makes the the cast defence check, and then he finds the space and he, and he finds the wing and he goes over. But it's little moments like that, and that is why good players are great players because you could see it when obviously Cass won. I don't think they scored off the back of it, but it was a great defence. I think a couple of weeks ago Catalan, I think it was Chris Atkin chased back yeah. and, and hauled the wing hauled the winger down. It's hunger, it's desire, it's playoff rugby league, and that, and that is what we've been doing. When and and obviously Paul Rowley will always plays it close to his chest. He always plays it down, but this team has been playing a standard of rugby for the last eight weeks that would would put us in a grand final if we can can continue to play at that level with the rest of the teams playing in playoff rugby league. Because don't forget, these teams have been playing playing playoff rugby for years, aren't they? And we've had a, a dabble in it in the last couple. But they'll know what to do in certain moments and stuff like that. And it's a learning curve for everyone. And I'm sure, obviously, Paul Rowley will have his troops ready to, to keep playing like they're playing. If they, if they are able to keep playing like they're playing, I can only see Old Trafford on the horizon, really. Yeah, other teams have, like Saints, Wigan, those that are expecting to be up there, 
They know when to peak. They know yeah. what time of year it is. At the moment, I don't particularly see it in any of them. I saw the highlights the other night on the Super League show, the Huddersfield-Warrington game. I know War- Huddersfield got off to a big, a big lead, but they let Warrington back in it. They won't want it. Watson won't want it that. No. Uh, they seemed a little bit... And when they came to us the other week, they didn't seem fully at it. Saints, I know they've rested a load of players again, but they, they didn't want to go out there and get a, a, a bit of a knocking off Wakefield. Mm. And Wakefield obviously in a bit of form, to be fair. I think teams are, are maybe... Not at the peak at the moment, and it could just be perfect for us because, like you said, we've played at this, we, we're at this level, we're already there, we don't have to step up now. This isn't going to be this, you know, a big step for us, we're ready for it. And as I said earlier, none of them want to face us, none of them. It wouldn't surprise me if certain teams had looked at the, the, the upcoming fixtures and thought, we better throw this one because if we've got to have a chance in these players, I, I, I'm, I'm genuine as well. I think, you know, I mean, I look at what Catalan are bringing over to, to Wigan this week for their game. I mean, Catalan could, if you know, if Huddersfield got beat, Catalan could still finish a place higher. Mm. But, you know, it depends how the rest of the fixtures work out. As to, I think there's a lot of that going on. I mean, I think teams are thinking, I don't really want to play there. Would, would you rather play Leeds or Salford at the moment in a mm. player? I, I, I suggest you'd want to play Leeds. I think they're a bit more, how do I put it, predictable, I suppose. Uh, you can study the videos and kind of know what they're going to do not the same for us and and the only the only team and I've said it for weeks and I did say it on, on here that the only team that really really worry me are Wigan mm. I think the form they've been in and the way that Matty Pete's got them playing the structure they played to I think they'd be a real tough nut I hold nobody else holds any fear from them in, in any way going to anyone's ground I mm. think I think that's up to the other team to worry about us and that's what it is obviously I think like you say we're the dark horses and, and people sort of know that and yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with, with the fixtures and the results this week and what comes out in the playoffs. Obviously, looking forward to them playoffs, Parker, who would you want? Would you want Catalan away or would you want Huddersfield away? But there's two sides to this. Um, three. <laughs> well, yeah. Per- personally, in a selfish way, I'd want to go to Huddersfield. Yeah. Mainly for, for the, the atmosphere and the away fans that would travel. Well, found out today it's rail replacement services, isn't it? There's no actual train to sort of It's going to take two hours on a train. You could get to Perpignan quicker. <laughs> That's Britain for you. But I'd suggest we'd have a better chance of beating Catalan. Mm. I really do. I, I don't think they like playing. I don't think they like our style at all. I don't think it's what they're, they, they, Steve McNamara coaches against. And I don't think anyone would want us, but I think we'd have a better chance of winning in Perpignan. But sadly, not many of us would be there. Mm. You know, I think... it, that, that bit of support might be that that push. Yeah. That so for me, I hope I hope we go to Huddersfield. Yeah. As a fan, you're thinking Huddersfield, birthplace of rugby league, birthplace of Zenith Juice, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic pub crawl, massive following, loads of noise. Great day. Obviously, as a like a podcast slash journalist, the, the story of Ian Watson going to Huddersfield, mm-hmm. wanting to better himself. We go to Huddersfield, we knock Huddersfield out. That's a story, isn't it? You know, that that run and run that would. But as somebody who wants to, to see Salford progress, Huddersfield's narrow pitch and mm-hmm. their pressing rugby league how do we break the press? I remember Huddersfield 
the, fir- the, the away fixture early in the season, we were terrible. Huddersfield mm. just boxes in a corner and pressed us. How do we get out of that corner? So playing Catalan in the big wide open spaces of, of, of Perpignan, we put a lot of points on Catalan last time. I know obviously there won't be probably as many fans in Catalan because obviously short notice and you know just coming back off the school holidays and all that money's going to be tight for everybody. But I think we got a Catalan, we beat Catalan, and then we'll come back to Saints and beat them. Wait later. Yeah, well that's that's the dream. But I mean, to, to be fair, I know you mentioned the, the others feel away game from early in the year. This is a different Salford team. Mm. This Salford team wouldn't get rolled like that. I'm not saying they, they wouldn't get beat in that game, but they wouldn't have that that scoreline wouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, I mean, you mentioned there that we we, we had hardly any ball, did we at Huddersfield this year? We we kept turning it over when we had it, and it just and that was at a point where again, like I said earlier, our forwards weren't making meters. Our backs didn't look half as threatening as they do now. We had loads of players missing, which we haven't now. It is a different team. I think I think we've only got three players out of the whole squad missing now, which mm. is. I mean, oh yeah, we've only had three players fit. Never mind, miss it. You know, it's, mm. it's incredible the way they've turned it around. And I think now, I think it's different. And you kind of think, well, what if he gets, what if he pulls up and gets injured? You look who who's in reserve, and you go, well, you know what? We're not too bad. We'll, we'll be okay. Um, mm. So obviously, I'd rather it be Perpignan for an away day in terms of of the team. But as a fan, I'm purely selfish. I, I want to get field. <laughs> so. Uh, but like I say, at the moment, it's probably quicker to go to Birmingham than it is to get to Huddersfield. Yeah. Something like change it to Dewsbury or something. Open end return yeah. or something. something yeah. like that. Keep your eyes on Twitter and British Rail. That'll, uh, that'll tell you to get there. Uh, big. Oh, we'll do the stats first, Parker. Oh, Top yeah. tacklers. Callum Watkins, 21. Andy Ackers, 19. Shane Wright, 23. Jack Ormeride, 14. And Alex Gerard, 22. Forwards going through an awful lot of work there. Yeah, but, you know, we had, especially in that second half, we must have had 70% of the ball. Mm. So there's not an awful lot of defending to do, which, again, is great because the lads aren't worn out. They've not had to overexert. There was a period there in the first half where we had two. Some decent stats there. Alec Gerard again, after playing virtually the full 80 on, on Thursday, to do that on Monday again, I, I can't speak highly enough of him at the moment. I play another one of those players that's just got a chance in taking it. Andy Akers was in was in everything everything we did the other day from from setting up the tries to get just getting the team moving and then obviously defensively as a hooker you're in the middle anyway but he he's his performances these last two three months have been sensational and and again Monday just proved it um, but yeah some 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 decent work but I think it was spread out a bit the, the defensive work I don't think any we had to overly rely on people. But because of the work that was being done, they weren't making the meters. They were just giving us the ball back and we, you know, well, we did what we did with it. Yeah, I think that's a difference. See, they lost their heads, didn't they? And we didn't in that sort of second half, middle yeah. 20. And that's what won us the game, really. And that and that was shows where we are, really, as, as a team, where, that we're able to kind of focus our minds and, and get the job done. Which is which is promising. Meters, top meter makers. Callum Watkins, 138. Brody Croft, 191. Mark Sneed, 103. Andy Ackers, 119. King Bunny Ayawa, 111. Chris Atkin, 96. And Jack Armoroid, 86. Uh, King Bunny Ayawa, back in the old routine. 111 meters. Bish, bash, bosh. There you go. 
Unbelievable. I thought, I mean, I thought on the day he was good. Mm. I didn't realise he was that good. For a guy who's missed, what was it, 13, 14 matches on the bounce, just to come into a game like that and, and, and play the way he did. And it wasn't, wasn't just his attacking, his defence was really good as well. Putting some pretty big knocks. I know at one point he missed one of them, and if he'd have hit him, I, I think he'd have been sat on the terrace with me. It was, uh, it was a massive, <laughs> he went for a big shot, it didn't quite come off. But again, Brody Croft. Just pure, pure poetry. Um, but Mark Sneed getting over 100 metres. But the, the one there for me was uh, Cal Watkins. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, not, people talk about rolling back the years. I think he's better now than he ever was. Some of, he, the, the, the work he gets through, defensively and in attack, his shots. And then every time he gets the ball, it's two, three men every time having to try and get him down. And he'll offload. You know, a bit like Tim Lafay does at the same point. But... Cal's doing it with the forwards on his back. Mm. Um, that's absolutely another hundred and odd meters from him. You, you can't, you can't beat that. That's that they're the meters we weren't making. I remember at Hull KR away this year, where I think our top meter maker made thirty meters. Right now, you, you can see the difference that we're talking about here, and that, I think that was Jack Allman, right? You know, we, we're going nearly. Some of our players are getting up to nearly two hundred. Mm. Uh, that's any, any get. You know, the forwards getting over hundred meters. He's 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 good. He's really good, but the difference in this team is it's incredible, um, and it just shows. The other thing is that what you do see is this. this uh, they mentioned it a couple of times when you watch it back on Sky. The, this workmanlike team that we've got, and we have, we do play this unbelievable flamboyant rugby, but when they have to, every single one of them mucks in, mm. and if one person misses a tackle, the next man doesn't, or he covers for his mate. There's no, there's no blame. There's no letting anybody through. There's not, you know, it's they, these lads are in it together. We've got that perfect sort of synergy now of a, a team that want to be together, look like they're enjoying themselves, and are also an extremely dangerous and quality rugby team. And that's that's hard to do because you know as well as I do, Rob, and anyone listening, Dolphin have often had problems behind the scenes with players being a bit rogue or maybe not sticking, you know, to, to what what's needed. I don't think roles. He's that kind of character. I don't think he'll accept that. And he seems to have pulled this team together and, and said to him, you know, and obviously the comments like what John Wilkie made and, and other people that people are writing you off, they don't think you're good enough. But go and show them how good you are. Mm. And and they've done it as a team. And it's it's just just an absolute joy. An absolute joy. No matter what happens this season, we said it again. I know Paul mentioned it a few weeks back that no matter what happens this season, it's been a success. Mm. We've been because of the rugby we played. If we'd have finished seventh, I'd have still been absolutely delighted. Because you know, you know that I've said many times that if we don't finish in the bottom three, it's job done. Because everybody said we were finishing in the bottom three, even me. And well, we're not. So it just shows what what work has gone in in the last few months. Yeah, it's it's we over me. That's what this team is. Yeah, yeah. and that's, and that's what yeah. good teams are. You all muck in. And the people who have that X factor make the difference. And I think, you know, this team, we talk about the 2019 misfits and now we've got the minerals team of, of 2022. Huh? It's, but they're both similar, but different in different ways. And I can, re- I can really see us going all the way if we continue to play this brand. It's just whether brand of rugby, it just can, depends on mentally if we can stay in this loop that we're in. But we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be, it's, going to, it's been a fabulous what? season, isn't it? And you, you talk about, you know, being a failure if we don't uh, sort of get into a playoff now, but we didn't come this far 
just to come this far, didn't we, Parker? You know what I mean? So if if you're Paul Rowling, obviously we can see the team that he's going to be putting out on Saturday. He's got he's got plans. He thinks that we can go all the way. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing, would he? No, I've got I've got my own thoughts on that, but that's 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 for later. I know what you're saying we've you know we've got this far now, and it's we're not there to make up numbers. Yeah. You know, we're there to, to go and win it. And I think we mentioned the 2019 team and it was such a shock to us for us to even be in there. You know, we finished third in the league. I mean, that was that was unreal. But we we had momentum, but we weren't, weren't anything like we are now. We weren't half as good as we are. Um, and I think this time that we, we should believe, we certainly should believe that we, we can make the final. What happens on the day? It happens on the day. You know, we we had a bad day at Leeds the other week. Things didn't go for us. Mm. Didn't make a bad team. It just didn't work. And I reckon you get your time again. We beat them. But I think, I think at the moment, I think it's up to other teams now to to worry about us. And I think the the, the positivity in the camp and the the smiles on the faces. I I, I think more than us believe, and I think the players believe. That's a, that's a massive thing. Belief is everything, Park. If you believe you can go all the way, you'll go all the way. Mind over mind over matter and all that. Oof. <laughs> have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports, man of the matches. Uh, David Wallen, almost beyond belief. Brody Croft, Ricky Peen, his dogs in sale. Liquid Rugby League, Watkins. Eddie Valentine, truly outstanding display. Brody Croft. Chris Fisher, what a team. Callum Watkins, Sarah Boker, awesome team performance. Brody Croft. Andy Smith, Sulphur and Fire, Watkins. Richard Martin, Mineral Steel, Backbone, Sneed. Colin Wilson, Super Smashing Great, Sneed. David Deakin, Minerals in, abund- in Abundance. Brody Croft, Liam Old Trafford calling Sneed, Nicholas Fletcher, Reds March on Watkins, Stuart Smart, more to come, Croft, Steve Bennett, a magical day, Watkins, Mark, some unreal rugby Sneed, OSF, solid perf- professional performance, Watkins, Dave Parker, just a start, Croft, Colin Reynolds, playoffs over a Devils, Croft, Patrick Connolly, playoffs booked, Watkins, Tori Amani, Champagne Rugby, Watkins, Duncan, Duncan, grand final, here we come. David Snape, great team performance, Croft, Pilko, out of words, Croft. KDL, team spirit, confidence, Croft. Ali, human, all the minerals, Croft. A lot of people mentioning minerals, but that's it, that's what got us here, because yeah. they questioned our professionalism and that the players reacted, and the ball game's different now because we're in the playoffs, when before it was about proving them wrong, it's about proving us right now. And the last two games, for me, Parker, showed we are right. Yeah, it was interesting you say that, because people had T-shirts out of the game with a sort of depiction of a spine, and it said, you know, backbone and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Just basically ripping off what, what Wilkin had said. I thought it was quite humorous. Yeah, and I suppose now we're on it. We've got a different pressure because people are talking and do believe that we can now. Mm. And that goes the opposite way. But we can't we can't listen to that as much as Paul said we didn't let Paul Rowley said we didn't listen to what the pundits said previously. I mean whether we did or we didn't, and I'm sure we did, but he's got to, he's got to keep that way. Now on the team I've got to keep that way. I'm not listening to anyone only get it about, you know, we've won nothing. We've won absolutely nothing yet. We could easily you know, things go badly wrong, get knocked out in the in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, mm. not, not that it overly matters to us now, but but I, I think it's just a case of keeping the feet on the ground and yeah. and, and going through it. And uh, but like like you said, going through these players here at the moment. I know you're probably not finished, but these man of the match things and and everybody will have a different view. 
how many different players are being named. Mm. It's not one man show. You remember 2019? It was basically Jacko, wasn't it? Yeah. We all thought Jacko, Jacko. That if he hadn't played, we'd probably get beat. That that's how we thought about it. That game when he first came, I think played when we played London away, and he didn't play, and we got beat at London away in, the, mm. in that season. It was like, oh my god, and it just shown the difference. Now, yes, we we we've been fortunate, such whatever that is, but I think I think he's that. It doesn't seem to matter who's on the pitch at any time. Mm. You just keep playing that same way, and it's it's really working. It, but it's great to see that individuals are being spotted for what they do. Yeah, Pete Brady. Everyone fears us. Brody Croft, Silver Dollar, great team spirit. Natalie Taylor, Reds are rising. Watkins, Andy C, fifty past Casford. Watkins, James Hoskins, showed minerals. Steel Croft, Stephen Doyle, simply the best. Watkins, Kate. Katie Reynolds, I love you, Croft. We all love Brody, Brody Croft. And Andy Lancashire, explosive attacking rugby, Brody Croft. And the final one, Elton, minerals and minerals. So, Salford, Twitter arty, in good spirits after a good win. Yeah, uh, I mean, you couldn't felt it to be. We got on the coach on the way back. Well, uh, on our coach, not the other coaches, but like, but. It was kind of a, a stunned hush. Nobody was, you know, you usually expect, you know, singing and dancing and whatever, but it, it wasn't. People just sat talking mm. and all the time about the game and about, about players and things like that. I don't know if we're getting too used to it. I'm not sure. I'm never used to it the way, did it? No. We'd be singing our heads off if we'd only been beat by Falter. I think the, the, the whole ethos of the club and everything has changed. I think people are starting to accept that these aren't one-offs, these results, going away to, to Cass and winning and, you know, wherever else. That's how good we are. It's what we do. And uh, we've just got to keep the momentum going now. And obviously this Saturday's probably a bit more of a getting in the way more than anything now. But, um, yeah, we've just got to keep, stay positive and not get carried away with ourselves, but just keep doing what we're doing. Hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, the look back at the games last weekend. And now we'll look and see what other big news coming out of the club this week. So we'll start with the walking rugby parker at mm. Nichols College on a Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. 40 people turned up on the last session. Fantastic stuff. The uh, Sober Devils Foundation putting that on. I know obviously walking rugby can be for everyone. You don't have to be super fit to play walking rugby. Probably helps, but um, anyone can get involved. Yeah, for, I mean, they're good numbers, aren't they? Because I remember, mm-hmm. it was, going, was it last season it started? Or was it earlier this year? I, yeah, my, yeah. My, my life's vanished. And I remember, that, you know, there was probably, was it 10, 12 people turning up, something like that? That was 40. I mean, obviously, the weather would, would, would help if it's a nice evening, but that's 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 phenomenal, really. And it is great because it is, is a way of staying fit, you know, if but without the, the collision, without, you know, any risk of injury or anything like that, you know. We've all, you know, people have got, got work the next day and uh, not getting paid for doing this stuff. It's good. It's great. I and, mean, you know, hopefully I'll get get down at some point. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to show everybody up yet. Yeah. So I'll let everybody just enjoy themselves first. Cheap shot merchant. That's what you are, Parky, the baller. <laughs> and you'll be there flying in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to, obviously, hopefully it'll, it'll keep growing. 
like Parky said, opportunity to to keep fit and and play rugby. And you know what else is there? Superb stuff. Other news. Um, Warrington game on Saturday. Uh, special promotion for our emergency services. Uh, people can go for five pounds if you're part of the emergency services. Last week I, I mentioned about the club putting on uh, an offer, and it seems like this week they've they've gone for it. And I think brilliant for the club. Well done uh, for that. And I'm sure there'll be there'll be people who are part of the emergency services who will be able to get out of the game now and, and support the lads. Yeah, very much so. I think it's quite poignant at the moment as well, isn't it? With sad, you know, sad recent sort of happenings that that we sort of pay back a bit to these these people who who do, you know, give everything for for the safety and protection of everybody else. A great offer of fiver. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper than it was the other week for the Huddersfield game, isn't it? That's that's tremendous. I think it's a great time to do a promotion and give something back to to the people. I hope people pick up on it. I live obviously fairly close to the. To the hospital here, and obviously I've quite quite a connection to it. Usually because I'm in it. So there's a lot of people in this area who who do work for the emergency services, and hopefully the message gets through to them, and they can they can come down and have a day out. If you're in there before Saturday, Parker, just make sure you have a flyer so you can just give it to the doctor as he's uh, as he's doing his round. <laughs> yeah, I might just yeah, I'll get done for wasting ambulance time, so I might just hold them. Take it in the ambulance. I'll make a brew. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's good. Really good. Yeah, hopefully lots of people will get involved in that. I think they'll have had the data uh, from the previous time they do it and you think they've gone big with the, with the one that was more successful. We haven't got the data to back that up here, but you'd hope that was the case. So, yeah, hopefully lots of uh, emergency service people will get involved in that and we'll have a, another decent crowd on Saturday. Talking about decent crowd, Salford had a float in the Pride mm. session on, I think it was Sat- Saturday uh, in town. Good advertising for the club, good advertising for the sport as well. Ladies team were there in abundance. I think Paul King was there. I think a lot of other people were there as well, showing you know solidarity with with, uh, with the cause. Yeah, I think it shows that we're, we're how much of a part of the community. You know, not just Salford, but the, you know the whole sort of Greater Manchester community that we are, and uh, that we're involved in, in in these kind of things. It looked like everybody had fun who was there. I know they, they, obviously, some of the, the Red Angels went, and I saw a couple of the, you know ladies team there, and it's good. We are we are a, a huge part of this. We're not just a rugby team. You know, we're a club and a community club at that. And it, it was great to see the, the the flags and the the t-shirts they all had on and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it is. It is great advertising in many ways, but that's that's not the reason to for for us to do. It's just to show that you know we are part of, of the, the the community and and rugby league is is definitely as we've seen this year with our own club is open to absolutely everybody. There's no discrimination. We just want everybody to come down and have and have fun, and we can we've shown that we have that kind of um, sort of involvement as well. So no, well done to the club for that. Really, really good. It looked like they all had a good time. I'm sure they all had a drink or. Seven, but yeah, <laughs> community club being a community club, that's what it yeah. is. And that, and you know, we, we've, we've talked, we've dreamt about this for years, and now we've got yeah. a club that's, yeah. that's got that, and it's it's great to, to see. Other news 60% off merchandise on the website, Parker, mm. just in time uh, for the schools to go back. Hopefully, though, people will be purchasing uh, merchandise. Obviously, with playoffs, uh, they'll need to get catered up, won't they? Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that they, you know, depending on what happens now, whether they bring out some more stuff uh, going into the playoffs because 
Yeah, I, my wardrobe's looking a, a bit thin. Not really. Uh, it's been a fortune going on with it. The thing is, at the moment, obviously, sizes and that kind of thing at this time of the year are a little bit more tricky to get hold of. Mm. And as, as if we do progress, as happened in 2019, a lot of people will be on our bandwagon, which I haven't got a problem with. I think it's great. And we'll want more merchandise. So hopefully, you know, it's, oh, it, you can't do it on the first, the first sort of playoff game, but hopefully we'll have a, a few bits that we can all pick up and, and who knows, something new for the grand final. How is your quest for merch going? Not, not as well as like. I ended up with uh, I ended up with a vest and a cap. I went looking for other things, but unfortunately, my size was was out in the, the things that I wanted. But there is there is still a few bits on there I've seen, but I've got to try and sneak it past the money controller. <laughs> but we'll have a look at that. And obviously, like you say, you're going to to the playoffs now. I need a fresh look. I keep uh, keep it keep the image up. Yeah, sixty percent off, boys and girls. Buy it for Parky does. That's the basic. <laughs> <laughs> That's the flam. <laughs> Other news, final bit of news, under-19 Euro Championship starts this week in Italy, Parky. Josh Wagstaff, Charlie Glover and Nathan Connell are involved. Uh, Josh will play for England, Charlie will play for Wales and Nathan will play for Ireland. So that's it's fantastic that them three lads have, have got this opportunity to play for the country and it's only going to benefit them as a player. Absolutely fantastic, really is. To see, to see these lads progress... At our club, as they are showing that, that you know that there is a pathway there for them going on making international and going over to Italy to do it. I mean, I've I've just recently come back from Italy and I'll certainly go and hold one of their bags or do whatever they need. That that'll be a great experience. That thing of being on tour as well and the bonding and everything that goes with it. That that something that that's experience that you can't get. You know, if they do carry on, they do make the next step and they you know the pro and then they get a chance to go and play for the country. In future time, that sort of an education they've already had. Mm. Nothing of new to them, and I think it's, it, it's really good. And something that we've we, we spoke about earlier in the season, the internationals that we've had at the club, and it's great to see these, this next generation. And hopefully, they'll see that their time at Salford, as it is, has, has enabled them to get this far. And, and hopefully, when contracts are being given out, they see us as the as the option for them. Mm. But yeah. yeah, no. You know, massive well done to him to, to go and represent your country is, is something that I'm sure we'd all love to have done at some point in, in whatever way. And uh, I'm sure they're all beaming with pride. And I, I just wish them all well. Yeah. Okay, so that's all the news. Now, I think, Parker, we'll talk about our Player of the Year awards. I know the club had their Player of the, Play of the Year awards last night at the AJ Bell Stadium. Big event. Lots of people turned up. Lots of winners. Do we want to obviously talk about the winners or would you think that might prejudge our vote? Do we really want to skew with a vote? I think obviously a couple of, of players took most of the awards, but do we really want to mention the names because we don't want people sort of jumping on the back of them thinking, oh, you know, they must be, they must be played here if they won the official one. Um, I, I think he's a little, a little more straightforward than that, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I think most people know what they've seen this year, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I think everyone will have seen on the websites and everything who won what at the awards. And, yep. uh, you know, that's that. There's some awards there that you know that the coaches play of the year, which is which is probably massive to a player to know mm. that you know the guy who who picks you every week is he's so sure of your ability. But no, I'm you know I'm happy to to move on. I think you know I think our opinions don't count perhaps as much as some others, but it's nice to get the debate started and see what other people think. Yeah. So do you want to go ladies first or men first? 
Um, either or, I'll leave it up to you. I'll okay. leave it absolutely up to you. We'll go ladies first. Okay. So, our first nomination is Lucy McKeown, mm-hmm. fullback. Why should Lucy McKeown win our ladies player of the year? Um, about 700 tries. <laughs> Probably the reason. Yeah. <laughs> She's a phenomenal, isn't she? She really, when you watch her, the speed of her, the way she, her feet move, everything about it. For, for a girl who, you know, never played rugby league before, probably February, I wouldn't have thought. The, the, the advancement and everything. She's obviously just a natural athlete, and that's that's the way it is. But she's been she's been phenomenal. She's an absolute. She's a joy to watch when mm. when you sit with the ball. You know something's going to happen. So yeah, Lucy's got to be in there without without a doubt. And like I say, she's scored. God knows how many tries from fullback. She's she's just been been brilliant. It just shows that you know the progression she's made. Yeah, got X Factor playing for Ireland internationally as well. Everything seems to slow down. It's like playing in the Matrix, isn't it? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? She's got that in her. So yeah, she she's one of what one of our nominated players for Lady of the Year. Another one is Helena Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously coming into us with a with a, a bad knee injury. She's had to battle to get fit to prove to the club that she she is good enough for her place in the squad. She manages to get fit. The club managed to say, "Okay, we'll give you a chance." She then has to go through the training. You know, as the rest of the girls have had to go through the training, she gets the chance to get picked in the in a, the Salford team. They have to go to Hull KR, which she's she she says she's from York, really not Hull. But if I was from Hull, I'd probably say I was from York as well. But there you go. <laughs> So obviously she has to play. She's she's a massive old FC fan. So playing against OKR in, in your first game sort of would have would have meant the world to her. She's managed to nail her down a place in that in the, in that side, and it's a journey in it, Parky. It's from you know the the depths of, of being injured to to being a I say the, the play that, that glues everyone together. Uh, so I think just for her journey alone, she's got to be in this top six. Yeah, and I think her, her appearance on the podcast was equally as, as impressive. I thought mm. she was brilliant. A passion and everything came through. But like you said, what she's gone through with the injury, to come come out the other side, and, and a lot of it you know, can be psychological. You can think you can get yourself fit, but that next challenge, you know, after something like that, you could. But it doesn't seem to have played on her mind at all. She just got on with it. And like you say, she's been that that kind of, I don't know, she, she, she's one of them players that you You'd miss if she wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Some some players can get away with. I, I think she's a yeah a real a real talent. And like you say, everything she's come through. Um, yeah, she has to be in there. Has to be. Yeah. Next lady is Megan Cundaliff. She, she was on the show earlier talking about the victory against Hull Parker. Why do you think she should be voted Ladies Player of the Year? Again, just just one of those players that. Does the does the the right things every week? She's just a solid, dependable player. You know, you, you need you need these players. I mean, we obviously we mentioned Lucy before and the and the the things that she does and things. Like, but that's on the back of what what other people do. Um, and I think it's hard it's hard to describe someone without sounding you know I don't know. But she's just she's one of them players that you need. You've got to have. A player like that in your team mm-hmm. works. She works hard. She, she obviously makes you know she makes decent meters, but she's a good player. A really, really good player. Really good. I think I interviewed her early in the year, didn't I, at the uh, Dog and Partridge? I think. And you got the impression then she was very uh, focused. I suppose yeah. the word is very focused on on it, and she knew 
she knew what she wants and how she was going to get there. So we're very lucky to have her. So yeah, another one that's got to be on the list. Yeah. Another player on the list is Louise Fellingham. Captain Fantastic, a leader. All the ladies talk about her in high, high regard, inspirational. She did. She was fantastic on the podcast as well. Yeah. And being the leader, it's is a pressure involved in that. I think she's the. I think she was the was the eighth Salford captain to to lift a trophy or something like that off the top of my head, uh, which means she made history as well. So, yeah, I think you know she, she's well worth a place in this this top six. Yeah, our, our glorious leader. Yeah, yeah, she's been. It looks like she's been a bit of an inspiration for us. She came, you know, she came with. She's just got that 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 maturity about her that, mm. that, that the girl's going to have to look up to at times and, you know, pulls out. But not just that, she's a super talented player. It's not just what she offers as a skipper as such. It's it's what she does on the pitch. She's a, a, a great player. And, you know, I'm hoping, I'm desperately hoping she's, she's planning on sticking around. I know she was talking the other week about, oh, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm one of the older ones, this, that, and the other. She looks like she's in the prime. Of her life, to be honest with you, and I think you know if we do make that step up, she's going to be a massive key to it. And obviously, this year, one trophy on the shelf that she's managed to lift. Hopefully, she's going to get her hands on another one. And like you mentioned, there, it's not many Salford captains ever get to do that. Mm. She's she's been she's been a phenomenon throughout the year, and and she's going to be the key to us actually, I think, going on and, and winning the league and, and getting promotion. Yeah, another nomination uh, for me is uh, Taz Kakoran. Uh, hooker, uh, fantastic round the rook. Uh, I remember the semi-final against Drews being a wonder ball she gave to Steph Gray to, to score the first Salford try. Moments like that, big moments in seasons, and whether it's from five yards out or from fifty yards out, she finds a gap, she's gone, and and that is and that is why I think she's well worth a place in this in this. Uh, in this player of the year competition. And she's, you know, we've had on the podcast as well. And she's, you know, she's dead chatty. She, she knows her stuff in, in, about rugby league. And uh, yeah, I think she, she'll be a dark horse, I reckon. I think her versatility throughout the year, she's been shifted about a little bit. Obviously, she's covered wherever and not, it's not been a problem. But I, I can't, this, this sounds like I'm, I'm pushing her forward. I think she's probably been the key player. Hmm. This season, I really do. I think she's she's been a, a standout, but another one that won't always grab headlines, won't always be the you know the the wow. But I I think, and I think her teammates would probably say the same that she's she's just been absolutely wonderful this year. And I, I think she, you know, she like I say she doesn't get the headlines every week, but she could easily win this this play of the year because she's been that good. A work rate is, is phenomenal, but I mean, playing hooker is it is the hardest job on the pitch, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they don't always get the, the right amount of credit, but she's been she's been absolutely first class. And uh, yeah, she's she for me is, is well in the running for it. Well yeah. in the running. final nomination for the ladies play of the year is Demi Jones Parker, part of the Brains Trust for me. I think she's kicking at 79% success rate good character. She left witness, I think, after five years and had to come and prove herself again at, at Salford. I think she, she's, a, she's a good player. She's a very good player and I think she's well in the run for the uh, the ladies' title. Yeah, yeah, very much so. She's, like you say, the Braves, just her and, and, and Louise in the in the halves have been uh, have been phenomenal. The, the timing she's got 
Mm. The ball, she's again. You said about, about uh, Lucy earlier on, where it seems like the matrix and time stands still. Demi can do that. She can sort of mesmerise a team into to you know sort of stopping what they were doing, and then she'll pick out the pass or or whatever it needs to be. But that experience that she's brought to the team, because a lot like we said all the way through, a lot of these girls have never even played rugby league before this year, you know, and, and obviously she's got that experience, that witness with a few others. She's brought that with her, uh, and she mentioned on the on the podcast that she not she probably fell out of love a little bit with it all, and it was you know witness wasn't it just wasn't working. She fell out with the coach and, and whatever else, and she needed a, a fresh start. And she's come to us, and she she's just been uh, oh, <laughs> unbelievable. She she's yeah, I, I suppose you know Louise has got that calming influence around. She's she's the girl that's going to make Demi's the one that's going to make things happen a little bit. She's, she's scurrying about with that ball all over the place. And, and some of her passing, some of the ones she's picked out this year that I've seen for, to set up tries, putting people through gaps. Um, it, it must be a joy to play with somebody like that. And she's been, uh, yeah, she's, she's been just, just magnificent this year. Yeah. So that's all the, all the ladies' nominations. We'll move on to the, to the men now, uh, Parking. We'll start with Brody Croft. What a find. Seven Super League twa- tries, 25 assists, 433 carries he loves the victory song as well uh, and he's, he's the new Jackson Hastings for me he is our X Factor he is the man that makes the magic happen yeah he's alright yeah well, yeah alright uh, we'll find a place for him to say that and I was thinking about this last night or the night before sorry about about him being you know the, he, he's had that Hastings tag thrown on him all year mm. and when he came people were saying you know Jackson Hastings. You know what he did. Do you think you can do this? Do you think you can do that? I was. I told you I was chatting on 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 Monday coming back from the game, and the amount of people who told me that he's much better than Jackson Hastings. Now, I don't think he's much better in terms of that's putting Jackson Hastings down, and that, that I won't. I won't accept that. But he's equally as good and equally as important as Jackson Hastings was in 2019 and 2018 when he kept us up. This guy's grown throughout the season. He came He came as a great player. I know I like to, to be a big head at times, but I did say when we signed him, we've got Brody. In fact, I said it to him at the Dog and Party. <laughs> we signed Brody Croft. You know, this guy, I, I'm, I've seen him in the NRL. I, I, you don't play in a grand final with Melbourne Storm if you're not very good. You know that just that doesn't happen in Australia. They don't carry players. What happened at Brisbane didn't work for him. He's come in he, like Jacko. He's got this new lease of life, and he's just been. I mean, words fail me to, to describe him. He's such a t- he's got the whole game. Mm. He, he'll he'll wear a tackle. He's not scared of that. His his defence himself is brilliant. You know you don't go past him. Uh, he's got a great technique. His brains the way he drops the shoulder to go through a gap. I've not seen that for years. And, and the easy way to, to think about it is, for me, he's going to be Man of Steel this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that in the whole of the rugby league. And if you spoke to any any fan of any club and asked them who they'd like, every single one of them would say Brody Croft. From St. Tellings right the way down to, you know, to Crusaders, whoever you want. Every player wants to watch Brody Croft. He's been just an absolute dream of a player. And he does look like he enjoys it. And again, when he scored on Monday, he, he threw the ball in the crowd. That grin on his face, you know, he, he was. He, he's great to see players like that. They, they, you know, they bring, they put bums on seats. 
And uh, all we've got to do now is have a whip round and raise a few million and keep them here for a few <laughs> more years. But um, no, brilliant. You can't, you can't, you can't fail to, to just fall in love with a guy. And I think, I think not just all, all the the female supporters, but I think there's plenty of men who fancy marrying him and all because he he's become an absolute just just a dreamboat and he's yeah. been brilliant. He has he has been fantastic. Next nomination, Park, is Andy Akers. Twenty five games, eight hundred and thirty nine tackles, hundred and forty tackles round the the marker. Potential England call up for him. He's had his best se- best season, you know, for us, and he's he's been an inspiration really. So I think he's certainly a leading contender in this in this Player of the Year draw. I again. Andy, I could, I, the, the difference from this year to last year, obviously, it's a lot to do with the, the style of play. I think playing under a, a different manager, do I say a better manager? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's quite fair, but he's obviously working with Paul Rowler, who was a, a, an excellent hooker in his own right, has rubbed off on Andy Akers, a guy who nobody would have nobody would have thought twice about Andy Akers at the start of the year. Nobody, any club would have gone. I'll take him over our, our hooker. And now, like you just said, he could easily make the England squad. Mm. He's as good as anything in that league, that role. He's, he's brains. The way he, they mentioned it on the Sky or on Monday's game, the way he takes players away from, he creates space from acting out, which is difficult to do because as soon as you've got that ball, you're under pressure. Mm. But he's got the brains and he's got the time and he's, he's, he's helping Brody Croft, Mark Snead, Ryan Brayler do what they do. He's he's the man that's making the whole. He starts every move off. He, he's been he's been his defense obviously, like you mentioned there. He's he's up there in the, in the tackles in the season, and I'm not sure I've ever seen too many players recreate themselves in, in such a manner in such a short space of time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a bad player when we signed him. No, that clearly wasn't the case. But he'd only played he played at London, hadn't he? Played at Swinton and and wherever else. This, I mean, you know. Playing Super League every week's a, a huge step, but he's been—he's uh, been unbelievable. He really has. He's—he's he, he's come on so much, and he's—he's he's part of one of the main reasons why we are where we are now, mm. um, and and fully deserves to be on the list. It's levels in it, and he's yeah. found yeah. two and three levels which we didn't think he had, and whether he thought That's he had is a different. Is, is you have to ever ask him, yeah. but you know, like you said, when he when he first came. We thought, yeah, he'll he'll do a job, but you know what a job he's done. What a job! Yeah. Our next nomination, Park, it is Alex Gerrard. Mm-hmm. Alex Gerrard. Why should Alex Gerrard win our Player of the Year award? To prove the likes of me wrong. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, he he came into the club from Witness, another another one of those players we picked up from. Was it Witness? It was Witness, wasn't it? Yeah, picked up from the Championship. Who's who's probably had his chance before and never really fulfilled any potential. And he came in at a time where we were really short on forwards. We needed a unit out there. He, he came in and he's been, he's been incredible. The runs he's made, the minutes he's put in, the tackles he's put in, the offloads that he, he gets out. He's turned into a, a, a complete forward. I mean, I'm not even sure what his best position is now. When he signed, he was a prop, and that was that was going to be it. He starts every week as loose forward, which is a completely different role, re- requiring a different set of skills. Or he'll go back row, or you know what? what uh, he's been unbelievable. We picked him up on a song 
I bet the guy's on. I'm sorry, Paul King, if you're listening. Um, but I bet he's on peanuts. You know what I mean? And the work he puts in and the impression he's made. He come at the start of the season when he was coming off the bench. We mentioned him. He, he was he was our forward. He was making them meters that the other forwards hadn't made. And they all seem to have followed suit now. And they all seem to be doing the same thing. And then that game at Hull, against Hull, sorry, last Thursday, when he put in, I think he must have played 75 minutes at least. As a forward, that, as a big forward as well, that doesn't happen these days. And it just shows that then he backed it up again on, on, on Monday. He's been brilliant, really. has reinvented himself. And I think he's still young enough for the best, to, the best of him to come. And just, just he's, he's, been, he's been great for us. I'm, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted because he's another player that, like I say, when he signed, we all probably thought, all right, he's another, you know, he's from Witness. But we've done it before. We did it with Gil Dudson and Mm -hmm. even Greg Burke, people like that. And they've come in and, you know, basically shoved it back down your throat. So, fair play. He's been brilliant. And uh, he's one of them players that turned our season around. Yep. Opportunity club gives opportunity. And that's that's what it is. He comes in. He's found his his role at loose forward. Like you said, Park, it works hard. Fantastic hands. Who knew he had good? Yeah. I didn't. You know, and and he's. We talk about how we improve this team. I don't see us needing to lose forward next season. From what he, from what I've shot, what I've seen. So you know, if we're talking about player development and and growing as a team, you know, this this guy should be. He's got to be near the top of, the, of this player of the year just on what he's achieved and what we thought we were going to get and what we actually got was chalk and G's, really. So we'll have to see what happens there. The next nomination is Callum Watkins, Parker. <laughs> 10 tries in 18 games. Obviously injured early in the season. Found his new home in the second row. You know, what a what a performance he's put in, you know, throughout, throughout the season. In the England squad, oozes class. He's got that bit of bit of magic about him. Works hard as well, and he'll be a front runner when it comes to the our player of the year award. One of our own. Mm. One of our own. Uh, listen, what can you say about Cal? What well, his career was over two or three years ago, according to most people. You know that injury he had again last year. He was playing well at the time, and it was against Warrington. Strangely, uh, he, he got injured right in the last last minute of the game, and he went off, and we didn't see him again. And I thought that could be, it. you know, that could be a career. And he's had a couple of injuries. He, you know, does he need to, to carry on? What you know, what's going to happen? And since he's come back into, I mean, it's a, an inspired move by Paul Roller. Inspired. Yeah. He's seen what he's got. I mean, he's, he is. I mentioned it a few times. He is a unit. He's massive. He's a really big lad, but he's strong, powerful, he's got great hands, he's fast. He's got a good brain, a great rugby league brain. He's, he is the all-round player and, and probably the in-form English back rower in the whole game at the moment. And you mentioned Andy Ackers perhaps pushing for an England spot. If he's not in the England squad, there's something wrong with the selection process because he's been nothing short of, of, of sensational throughout the year. Every single week, he takes two, three men to try and bring him down. He's he's creating space. He's setting up tries. I think he got two assists on on Monday and got a try himself in the in the back row. Um, Joe, I I am delighted for the lad. I really am because the talent that he clearly had at Leeds years ago, you know, it was he promised so much. He nearly won us a World Cup, you know, barring an ankle tap. And then it all went a bit wrong for him. You know, he got the injury, he went off to, he was in Australia, it didn't quite work out there. 
he came back, he went to Toronto. That all collapsed, thankfully for us. And, um, uh, you know, we've benefited ever since. And this season, like I say, probably the, the form back rower in, in Super League. And, I, I, again, you can't speak highly enough of him. He's just got the whole package. And um, he, he probably more than, than most in, in any squad after what he's gone through in the last few years, deserves a crack at a grand final. Yeah. Our final nomination for the Men's Player of the Year is uh, Tim Laffey. Came late in the transfer window. He's got self-sucker skills, uh, solid defender, 22 appearances, six tries, 14 assists, top off loader in Super League with 49 Parker. He was, for me, an unknown until he broke into that that first team and he's never looked back. I did tell you. You did. You did. You you did. I did yeah. tell you. I was amazed when we picked him up that he, he didn't have a, a, an NRL club. He, he He's always been a really top player. Always in his time in Australia. I, I found it a bit bizarre. I don't know if it's, it was just salary cap biting in Australia. Certain people, you know, get it just shows the talent that they've got. It makes you go for the World Cup, doesn't it? Um, well, it's over there. Tim has been an absolute phenomenon. He's He's... Tackle bust alone. Every time he gets the ball, he's bouncing people off. That he did it on Monday, didn't he? When he did it a couple of times, he's knocking two or three. One of them, Liam Watts, had hold of him with another couple, and he was still going forward. His strength, his offloads, he th- th- them balls he slipped out. You know that one to Burgess, uh, uh, when he's that nobody saw coming. He just mm. it just went, and everybody went. How has he got that out? You know, the Sky commentators went absolutely wild at him. He's done it so many times this year. If you're a winger, you'd, you'd love to play outside him because he's going to create space and he's going to give you the chance. He's not a greedy player. He doesn't go for the success or the giants. He makes sure that the ball goes to the right man. And again, you know, we picked him up. Nobody really, nobody was talking about him. He's come in and he's just proved his class that he's still still got and and has extended his deal, which is you know great great for us. So yeah, again, another one that's just just got to be on that list. He's an entertainer, isn't he? He's part of this this way we play because of players like him having the ability they've got. Yeah. So that's all the nominations for our player of the year. We're going to put out a vote shortly, so you can pick your pick who you want to win, uh, and we'll announce the winner maybe next week when we get the trophy this week, and then hopefully give it to the player next week or the week after or at Old Trafford, depending on how we go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure we'll get access to the pitch at Old Trafford, will we? But uh, <laughs> if we win it, might have trouble stopping us. But yeah, no, yeah, we, we we can do that and give it a week to run and, and see what what comes of it. But our man, our man of steel, or our player of the season, might still be waiting to, to you know show his face. There are other players as well that we haven't mentioned. You know, Dion Cross being another one that came in as as, as far as I was concerned as a, a kind of backup winger. He's now an ever-present Super League centre who's been brilliant all year. Absolutely brilliant. Another one that's a joy to watch. Um, and a guy that's been given his chance again, like you say, Bob, you know, Opportunity Club. He's been at Saints. He's been around a little bit. He was at Witness. Nothing was really happening. He's scoring tries for fun for Witness on the wing. But he came in on that first game at Castaway and never looked back. Brilliant, I think. Another mention to, to Jack Ormanride. Who has come on this season massively? Uh, you know, from even the first sort of ten games, 
to where we are now. He, he's been immense. You know, it, he's carried the pack quite a bit at times when we've been short on numbers. He's been he's been brilliant. Tyler Dupree, since he's come in, what an impression he's made for another player that nobody wants. But he could go on. Elijah Taylor works his absolute socks off every week. That guy. I don't know if he's got anything left in him. You know, so we could we could go on. We could list you know ninety percent of the team. I'd suggest. And if we hadn't had injuries, we might have been able to do more. But that you know, they're the ones we've gone with. Um, but you know, I don't. We don't want to miss anyone out because they've they've all done us proud. Yeah, and obviously yeah. you know with the ladies as well, Alex Simpson, mm. yeah. you know, Great Britain teaching international yeah. scores big tries in, in in big games. I don't know. We obviously we had a, a little vote. Yeah. Wow, she missed out. To be fair, Alan, Lauren Ellison, uh, another one. Yeah, Darcy Price. You know, yeah. it's you know it's been a real tough tough uh, selection process, but we've got our our uh, eleven. It's up to our listeners now to to, to pick the uh, pick the winners, and we'll we'll announce that next week. So now we'll uh, we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with Whiteside's world of rugby league. Right, well, here is this week's Devil of Detail World of Rugby League, or Whiteside's World of Rugby League, as uh, Rob tends to call it. Well, we'll start off, I think, this week. We'll have a look at the uh, the conference leagues first, if I can get my me, uh, me notes together. We've got quite a bit of amateur stuff to get through, as usual. We'll have a look at the NRL. We'll also look at the uh, the matches that were played over uh, over the weekend as well. So we'll start off. Well, I think we'll start with the NRL. We'll have a look at that this week, early doors. So the results from uh, round 24... It was Brisbane Broncos 6, Parramatta 53. Penrith were back to winning ways. They beat New Zealand Warriors 46-12. Melbourne 14, Sydney Roosters 18. Canberra 48, Manly Seagulls 6. Cronulla Sharks 16, Canterbury Bulldogs 0. West Tigers 22, St George Illawarra 24. And Gold Coast Titans 36, Newcastle Knights 26. South Rabbit Hills beat North Queensland Cowboys by 20 points to 10. The fixtures for this week, Thursday, is Parramatta against Melbourne. That's at 10.50. Friday is Canterbury against Manly at 9am and the televised game is at 10.55 that's South uh, sorry Sydney Roosters against South uh, Sydney Roosters the Sydney Derby on Saturday the 3rd of September uh, New Zealand Warriors play Gold Coast Titans and there's two televised games St George Illawarra against Brisbane Broncos 8.30 and then the other televised game is North Queensland Cowboys against Penrith at 10.35 there's two games on Sunday these games are not televised it's Newcastle Knights against Cronulla Sharks and West Tigers against uh, Canberra Raiders if you're interested in your Aussie rugby and you don't and you can't get all the games on Sky you can listen to them on uh, on the radio as well. There's uh, you know type in Aussie rugby on the radio. You can listen to Andrew Moore. He's a fantastic commentator. Uh, just check it out because it's really good. If you get it on your phone, you're moving about. It's really really interesting and uh, great commentary as well. So that's the NRL for this week. Right, well, moving on to the National Conference Leagues. Uh, in Division 1, Saturday the 27th of August, there was a defeat for Saddleworth Rangers. They were beaten at home to Kells by 34 points to 6. Uh, that was the only fixture involving our local sides at the weekend. The fixtures for this weekend, Rochdale Mayfield are at home to Thatto Heath Crusaders in the Premier Division. Division 1, Milford are at home to Saddleworth Rangers. And there's two fixtures in Division 3, Bentley against Waterhead Warriors and Oldham St. Anne's against Eastmore Dragons. 
Well, the Northwest Youth League gets back underway this week. We've got some fixtures on Sunday, the 4th of September, involving our local sides. At under-18s level, Division 1, Askham play Saddleworth Rangers. Salford City Roosters at home to West Bank Bears. In the under-16s, Division 1, it's Crossfields against Folly Lane, Hindley against Rochdale Mayfield, and West Hort and Lions against Lee East. In Division 2 of the under-16s, it's Holton Farm with Hornets Greens against Waterhead Warriors. Saddleworth Rangers at home to Shevington Sharks. And Division 3 of the under-16s, Salford City Roosters faced Widnes St Mary's. Uh, in the North West Men's League, we've got some results from last week. Last Thursday, uh, Lee Manor Rangers A38, Folly Lane 22, Wigan Springview 36, Salford City Roosters 6, Oldham St Anne's A30, Waterhead Warriors A18. The fixtures for this Saturday in Division Four South and East. Sorry, this this game was played on Saturday the 27th. This is a result. Sorry, it was Division Four South and East. Higginshaw 30, Langworthy Reds 4. Fixture for this week all played on Saturday the 3rd of September. Division One Hindley against Bury Broncos. Folly Lane against Wigan St Cuthberts. Division Two West Hart Lions against Salford City Roosters. Wigan Springview against Caddies and Rhinos. Division Three Liverpool Lizards face Rochdale Mayfield A. And in Division Four South and East it's Langworthy Reds versus Oldham St Anne's A. And Waterhead Warriors A against Higginshaw and an old them Derby. Yeah, let's have a look at the uh, domestic scene then. We've got Thursday to get through, we've got the weekend, we've also got the bank holiday games as well. Might take us a bit this, let's have a look. Thursday night then. Sorry, Wednesday night you got underway, round 25. Leeds beat Huddersfield 18-14 in an epic match at Edinburgh. It was a cracking match that I watched the second half of that one. Salford beat Hull FC 28 points to 18 after trailing 12-10 at half-time. Toulouse Olympic played Catalans in a derby. That finished Toulouse 14, Catalans 24. Wakefield beat Hulkingston Rovers 18 points to 6. Warrington were 12 the up at half time against Castlewood and were beaten 19 points to 18 and on Friday Wigan beat St Ellen's 30 points to 10 there was a game on Saturday Hull FC beat Toulouse Olympic 38 points to 12 in the Betfred Championship round 25 these games were played I think there was one game Saturday which was Featherston 64 Workington Town 18 the rest were played at the weekend I think Halifax 40 Bradford 18 Lee Centurions 42 Witness 4 Newcastle 10 Barrow 62 Whitehaven 40 London Broncos 20 and York City Knights 20, Sheffield Eagles 12. In the Betfred League 1, Hunslet 20, Doncaster 32, Keithley Cougars 50, North Wales Crusaders 16. Keithley have marched on 19 wins out of 19. They've uh, lifted the uh, League 1 title. They're promoted to the Championship. Congratulations to them. London Scholars 38, Midlands Hurricanes 34, Rochdale Hornets 102, West Wales Raiders 4, Swinton Lions 35, Oldham 6. The results on Bank Holiday Monday in the Super League. Huddersfield 38, Warrington 36. The Wolves come back there. I think they were losing about 32-10. Hull KR 38, Wigan 28, St. Helens 18, Wakefield Trinity 34, Castleford 10, Salford 50, and Catalan Dragons 32, Leeds 18. So, the fixtures for this week then. Uh, Jubilee Rams, sorry, they they lost, I think it was 2022 to Batley on Monday night. Uh, Friday the 2nd of September, Huddersfield play Wakefield at 7.45. There's a game on television at 8 o'clock, that's Wigan against Catalan. In the Betfred Championship, Sheffield Eagles face Featherstone at 7.45. On Saturday, Betfred Super League, Hull play Hulkingston Rovers at 3. Leeds Rhinos play Castleford at 3 o'clock, that's on the Sky Television. Salford play Warrington at 3 and St. Helens play Toulouse Olympic at 3. There's a Betfred Championship game at 7 o'clock between Newcastle Thunder and York City Knights. Uh, North Wales Crusaders play Swinton Lions at half past two. 
Uh, on Sunday, Barrow Raiders play Dewsbury Rams, Batley Bulldogs face Bradford Bulls, London Broncos play Lee, and Workington Town play Whitehaven in the Championship. Uh, also on Sunday, Betfred League 1, Doncaster face London Scholars, Midlands Hurricanes face Cornwall, Oldham at home to Hunslet, and Rochdale Hornets play Keith Cougars. There's one match on Monday the 5th of September, that's between Witness Vikings and the Halifax Panthers. So, Super League, St. Helens the top with 40 points, Wigan a second with 36, and it's Huddersfield with 31, Catalans with 30, Leeds with 27 and Salford with 26 but I'm reading this before the Monday game so scratch that I'll tell you those again in a minute we'll talk about the championship Lee Centurion at the top it's Featherstone Halifax Barrow Batley and York City Knights make the playoffs up and that's how it's going to stay Sheffield Eagles are 10 points behind Keith Lacuse are promoted to the championship the playoff places at the moment Swinton North Wales Crusaders, Doncaster and Rochdale are all confirmed. Hunslet and Oldham are edging it out there for the uh, the last playoff place. Let's have a look at that Super League table. I'll get it updated table now in just one second. I'm a bit slow today at work, you see. I don't think it's changed much anyway. Yes, yeah, Saints are top. Wigan are second. Huddersfield third. Catalans fourth. Salford fifth. And Leeds are sixth. Castleford are seventh. Don't forget Leeds play Castleford, so it can all change at the end of uh, at the end of this weekend. Fingers crossed, Salford get another result. And it's going to be either uh, Catalan Dragons away in the playoffs or Huddersfield. We'll find out this weekend. It should be really exciting. Take care. Have a good week. Enjoy the match on Saturday and enjoy the podcast when it comes out. See you soon. So that was Whiteside World Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the games on Saturday. It's time for the double of the So what we'll do, we'll start off with the ladies. Megan Kundalai spoke to me about the big game against Alton on Saturday. And this is what you have to say. So, Alton at home this Saturday, massive game, first v second, you know, how are the nerves, how's training been for this week? Honestly, again, same process, and it's it's a boring answer, I'm so sorry, I wish I could say something. <laughs> yeah, no, same process, just did captain's run then, uh, going through some moves, cementing our plays and stuff, and I'm really hopeful. I'm never not, to be honest. No matter who we come up against, I, I always kind of go in thinking we're going to get the win. Or at least hoping we'll get the win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, same mentality. Obviously, the, the pressure's on kind of for, the, for this game. Uh, Alton, you know, no doubt about it. Very, very skilled team. Hmm. But so are we. And we've had new players since last time. Uh, and... We're developing week on week and that, that hasn't really stopped from the start of the season. Like, you know, still kind of improving that 1% each session. Uh, so we're a stronger team than last time as well. So it'll be it'll be a really good game, an interesting game, an exciting game, hopefully yeah. a very simple one. <laughs> um, and hopefully one that we, we come out with the two points. Yeah, they say pressure is a privilege, don't they? And obviously, Alton are the only team to beat us so so far in the league this season. But like you said at the time, we had a few injuries. But now we are, we are you know we injury. I would say we've got less injuries now. You know we're, we're full of confidence. We're winning games. We're at home in front of a, a decent crowd at the AJ Bell Stadium. You know the pressure really is on them. Really, if, if we're talking pressure, it's it's on them to come and come to the AJ Bell and win the game. We're we're top of the table, um, and you're just hoping, obviously, like you say, the the fairy tale continues. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of 
obviously it's a home game this time, so mm-hmm. that will bring a completely different crowd and a different energy. And we're hoping that you know Salford fans will, will, will be our extra player that weekend. But no, it's very exciting, very nervous. We've got a lot to play for, isn't it? Because they mm-hmm. want to remain the team that beat Salford. They yeah. they want to remain unbeaten. But as long as we play our game and stick to our structure, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> obviously they've got two games in hand. But yeah. we've got the wins in the bag, and you you can't count games in hand because anything can happen. So if we can win on Saturday, then obviously the, the pressure is on them in it to, to to hope that we slip up with one game to go. But with what I've seen, and you know what Chris Bates says, is you know the teams are, are just focused on on getting that result, and then you've got playoff rugby at the end, just like the men's team. So that's going to be a different experience as well. Yeah, it's good that we're kind of both the women's and the men's team are kind of in a similar position bit of pressure doesn't you know like you said it's a privilege um but the backing from the club this season is insane even even from the men's team and and everyone behind the scenes and stuff like that it's really really good and it, it pushes you and hopefully you know we'll come out with more wins than than ever yeah <laughs> And obviously, one o'clock kickoff. Hopefully, a lot of fans get down there, you know, early uh, and and support you because obviously that, like I said, like you said before, against against the whole uh, FC ladies, you know, the roar of the crowd makes that, you know, makes a difference. That one percent can can turn a, a defeat into a win. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one one o'clock. We're obviously on the community pitch. All right. Um, just okay. inside the AJ Bell. Um, Talking to be a lovely day, so no. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully get get a few people down before the men's game, and then we'll go in and watch watch the men's game together. Brilliant! Big thanks for joining us, Megan. It's been fabulous talking to you, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was Megan Cundliff talking to me, Parky, about the Alton game on Saturday. First v second, you know, you don't come much bigger than this. No, massive. Massive, the only team that's really upset our apple cart this year, aren't they? That's that's the uh, that's the other thing. Is it not revenge as such? You don't want to go into a game with that in mind, but certainly a, a, a way of correcting the record, shall we say? Um, it's massive. It really is. We win this, and I think you know we, we're going to finish top of the table. We don't, you know, and it, it's another feather in their cap, isn't it? And they'll think the next time they meet us, they'll be our beaters again, and that's. We don't want to give them any confidence, so uh, I'm I'm really I, this this is this is the one, as the song is, you know, this is the one that's that's going to count, and uh, I, I'm I'm sure our girls are, uh, will step up and, and will make amends for the for early in the season, um, and I I encourage anybody anybody who's available to get down and watch and support them because you know your your support is going to. It's gonna, you know, boost the, the the girls. You know, they'll they'll walk out and they'll hear that noise, and I'm I'm pretty sure Alton won't have that many fans there. So um, we can make it a little bit one sided. Um, but yeah, no massive game, but um, it it's kind of winner takes all in many ways. Mm. And that's that's what it is. It's it's that obviously the journey they've been on, um, and obviously the 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 only team that that have have, have beat them so far this season and being at home. 
Megan does talk about the crowd and how much it lifts the players and, and how much of an influence it has on, on the ladies. And like you say, you're hoping, obviously, before the, it's before the men's game, you know, people will be listening to this and think, you know what, we'll go down and watch the ladies. Because it's not just an, an average league game. It's, it's, it's yeah. do or die. It's first be second, winner takes all. I know there's, they play, um, I think it's Stanley, I think, away. Uh, yeah. The final game of the season, and they've got a playoffs, uh, which is one semi, and and then the final. Um, I think they play Warrington if it all plays out the way it should. So that'll be a, a cracking contest as well. So, like I say, it's a business end of the season for both our men and our women. So we wish them all the luck in the world. What a journey it's been, and hopefully the fairy tale continues and we end up with a, a double to celebrate in three weeks' time. So let's talk about the men now, Parker. Warrington at home, 3 p.m. kickoff. Paul Rowley, I spoke to him in the official press conference a couple of hours ago, and he was sort of, I had, he laid his cards on the table and said, basically, I'm going to give players an opportunity to play. I'm going to rest me, me back six, I think he did, or back seven, uh, and I'm going to bring players in who haven't played or give players opportunity to play in that first team. Is it is that a good idea? Do you think, obviously, with the, with the playoff next week that we don't get injuries to key men? Or would you want momentum and play your strongest side? For me, it's the latter. And I know people don't agree, but I think I think you keep the momentum going. I think you go out, you put 40 points on Warrington. I think you go into the playoffs absolutely flying. Mm. How many times have you seen it where a team have had a week off in the playoffs and lost the week after? Mm. It happens a lot. You take your foot off the pedal for one minute, and it, you know you've had a week off. You're not as you're not as match ready sometimes. I understand the getting injured thing, but you can get injured in training. You can get injured getting off the sofa, for God's sake. You know they're they're they're, they're built for playing rugby league. That's what these guys do. And I know we won't. I, I would anyone with a bump or any you know. I know Ryan Braley was a bit busted again the other day, and a few others. But yeah, I'd rest them. But I certainly wouldn't have gone as far as, as Paul has, but that's why he's a Super League coach and I'm not. You know, that's what he's paid for. Um, I understand what he's doing. Of course I do. I'm not, I'm not an idiot, but I, I, I like the, the thought. I mean, what if we go out and get absolutely thumped on Saturday? It's not going to do anybody any favours, is it? You know, if Warrington come down and say, it's our last game of the season, let's let's do these. You know, and they, they put 40 on us. Won't won't feel good for anyone, especially those players who are playing, who are regular first teamers, who then have to get up the week after. Um, that's the difficulty you've got. It is a fine line, I, I, and I understand. Of course, I do what Paul's doing. I, he, it's entirely up to him. It's his team. He knows what he wants. But I don't really remember us doing it in 2019 when we made the final. I don't remember us resting anybody at any point. Hmm. I think you you generally play your best team when you can play your best team. Um, like I said, I, I see where there's cover where Ryan Brayley can come out and Morgan Escaray can go in. You know, Reese Williams could come in on the wing for you know perhaps Kenny C or well, you know. But but Dion Cross is still in the squad. So what are we saying that Dion Cross isn't worth as much as Tim Laffey? These the, you know the, the fine lines. I mean, as a player, you thinking, hang on, why is he getting a week off and I'm not? Am I not as important as him? Mm. You know. But the, then I look at our pack and think that's actually not bad. That's an experienced part. There's a lot of decent players in there. It's just our backline. I, I, I worry a little bit about. I don't think we've got enough in, in terms of depth there. Um, but you know, I don't know. The, the proof will be in the pudding. If we if we uh, if we get beat this week, but then go away and, and beat Huddersfield or Catalan or whoever it is, 
and it's worked. You know, if we if we get beat this week and get beat next week, it clearly hasn't. So mm. it's you know, but it's on it's on Paul always head. That's he's he's the he's the manager, he's the coach, and that's that's what he does. And I, I'll back him if that's what he wants to do. Paul Rowley is an experienced coach. He knows how the world rugby league works. And if he thinks he's got players, I think he mentioned players going close to the line, which is like the red line, as in being very tired in the press conference. So if he's looking at his his squad and he's thinking these players need a week, then I'll say give them a week then. Because that's it's like you said, Parker, it's it's he is the main man. He makes that decision. And if obviously if we, all, if we end up being Catalan or Huddersfield the week after, inspired. And, that, and that's the, the fine line, like you said. But obviously with the, the squad he has selected, gives opportunity for a few reserves to come in. We spoke to Stuart Wilkinson about uh, the, the reserves and the development that they've shown throughout throughout the season. Uh, I noticed this week that they're, they're seventh in the, in the reserve league. He never really mentioned when I spoke to him about where they were in the league. You know, and the way he was talking, I thought they were probably near the bottom. But it's the seventh for like mid table, which is which is which is fantastic. Um, but there is some talent in that in that reserve uh, grade. Um, Jack Stevens, he's in the squad. Um, he's uh, a big name. A lot of people talk about Jack Stevens and his potential Parker. So it'll be a big opportunity for him to come in and, and show what he's got. Yeah, the, the, I've got no you know no doubt these. These lads are really going to, you know, enjoy their debut. They don't get some kind of, you know, heavy, heavy beats in it that will damage their confidence going forward and get them questioning whether they're going to be good enough or whatever. That's the other side. But, no, you know, how are we ever going to know if they're good enough if they don't play? I suppose that's that's the other side of it. It'd be nice to sort of filter one or two through at a time rather than six in one team. But we we don't have that big reserve of, of players we don't have an academy i mean i looked at the wigan and saints teams the other day and i didn't recognize half of them but that's their academy they can do that and you know i looked at the saints ones and you're thinking of the players that they've already brought through in in, in a year or two's time this will be their first team virtually mm. that's you know that's the depth that's the difference between us and other clubs unfortunately uh, but these guys these early chance i mean seeing jack play a number of times i think he's a really good player really talented lad and uh, you know, uh, uh, Dalton Harrop as well. He's another one that's yeah. that's really impressed and looks looks the part. But it's a big step. It is Super League, and Warrington will be looking to try and put a number on us. But I know they've got players missing. They've got you know a few academy lads in and that sort of thing. So it could be an interesting battle. There's a couple of strange ones. I'm, I'm surprised that like Chris Atkin isn't isn't in there starting. I would have loved to see Chris at half back this week. Getting it, getting a run while Sneed and, and Brody aren't there. Uh, I think he deserves it. And, and someone like Shane Wright, who's only been back a couple of weeks, mm. probably needs game time. I was a little bit surprised not to see him sort of in there because I'm big Kings in there, and he's you know he's only just come back. And uh, Harvey Lavette's gone straight back in. I, I just think it's a chance to give him a you know a little bit of a run. But again, I don't know what knocks they've picked up. I don't know what they've been carrying. Yeah, you know, I, I, we don't have that that inside information. Um, so we just trust trust what Rolls does. He's done. He's you know he's not done bad for us so far. So uh, yeah, leave it in his hands. And he, if we, if we do get beat, just hope it doesn't have that uh, any kind of mental effect on the team, the club, or anything like that. But yeah, I, I'd rather see us go forward with a full strength squad and absolutely smash them. But that's also because we're playing Warrington. Mm. It's we over me. That's what this is. He knows. He's been speaking to. 
no Stuart Wilkinson. He'll know who is able to step up to Super League. We, we mentioned Miles Dalton, good player. Joseph Coop Franklin, second row. Henry Davis, the other second row. Henry Davis was fantastic against Warrington. Josh Rock for me, you know, he's like he's like a mini Ryan Bryler. You know, he kicks goals. He's got, I think he, I think Stuart Wilkinson, he runs like a gazelle. And I think he, and he does, he's a good player. So if he gets an opportunity, he'll certainly do a good job for us. So I think it's great. I think it's great. Obviously, we spoke, didn't we, early in the season about whether we, we the reserves would get an opportunity to, to play in your first team, even though it is sort of the last game of the season and really is kind of a dead rubber. But opportunity for these lads to come in and show what they've got. And, and you know, and it's exciting. It's exciting for them, exciting for us and hopefully exciting for the future. Yeah, and get, obviously get to play in front of a crowd, which again is a completely different thing to when you're playing in the reserves, you know, in front of, you know, three men and a dog every now and then. So to turn up in front of a few thousand people, it's a different pressure, the atmosphere, some 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 will absolutely thrive in it. Some might go into the shell a little bit. Um, it's, it's a big test for them, but it, is, it needs to be done. Like I say, I mean, you know, at some point, someone like Jack Wellsby at Saints had to play a game. He played a game. He went up winning him a grand final. Mm. Now he's one of the best players in the country. You know, you don't know what you've got until they've been given a chance. So that's that is the reverse of it, and I, I've got no no problem with it. I think, yeah, give the lads a chance. These are the ones that have always, like you say, Stuart Wilkinson rolls, picked them out, and said these are the kids that are ready. Mm. These kids, you know, give them a crack. They might be super league ready, but they're certainly ready at the moment. And then, you know, you keep hold of them. You you add them to your squad maybe loan them out next season a little bit, get them a bit more experience in the championship, somewhere like that. But they've got to start somewhere. Mm. And this is, you know, this is it for them. And I'm sure they're all absolutely buzzing. Yeah. Prediction time, Parker. How's your, talk about your, your prediction league first. How's that? How's that going? Still uh, uh, top of I'm the table? Still, I'm still top. We've got one week to go. Uh, I think I'm 40 points clear from uh, Paul Whiteside's dad. Oh. <laughs> and in fact, I think, I think four of the top five are all Salford fans. Oh, it shows what we know, but I've had a slip when I went away. I, I, I took my eye off the ball for two weeks, two rounds, and I mm. kind of slipped a little bit. Well, still, still 40 points clear, so I should just have enough. Although I put today's on late, so I missed today's Australian game, which uh, I don't think matters because I don't think I got it right anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's still going okay. Um, however, on that prediction, I have predicted a Salford win. Oh, on this prediction. I'm going to go very, very different. <laughs> okay. I, I just think the changes are, are, are disruptive. We could we could win the game, but I don't know how much we want to win the game. That's the other side of it. I know I've said before, you can't tell professional players to lose games. That's not, that's not what they'll do. But maybe the intensity might drop a little bit if we, uh, if we need to finish sixth. You know, I, I, it depends. I mean, a lot will depend on what happens with Huddersfield on... On Friday, I suppose, and I know they they play a day before us and Leeds and Cats, and it's, it's all very difficult. It could all go badly wrong for, mm. for anybody. But um, I'm gonna, I'm no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over Salford win. I'm gonna have to. Aren't I? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna. There's a lot of points because I think okay. both teams will be I'll be shipping points. I'm gonna go 34-28. 34-28. Yeah. What's your story? Uh, Morgan Esqueray will will go in with a hat trick. Um, he'll, he'll move into the halves. Okay. And he'll, he'll dominate. Dominate. Mm. I'm gonna go a big Salford win um, to 
send a message out to the playoffs that we've got a squad, even reserves, that, that, that can come in and we can still play rugby league to a decent level. So I'm going to go Salford to win. Salford, 50. Warrington, 22. I'm going to go Josh Rock at trick. That that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. I'd, I'd certainly throw his name into into a different hemisphere, I suppose. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason. I mean, we I could have it completely wrong, and we the, the team could have gone. Do you know what? I don't even care who I play next week in the in the playoffs. So really, we're not bothered. The club might be thinking, you know, let's let's just take it as it is. So we might go out, we might turn them over, um, and end Warrington's season in the way that it's gone. <laughs> uh, which is which would have been nice. It'd have been interesting to see if Warrington needed the, the points to stay up. What yeah. we'd have done with our squad, whether we would have uh, fielded a much stronger team, but doesn't matter. We're going to we're going to the playoffs, and and well, they're not. So uh, shows shows what you can do with you know fifty p and a big orange, doesn't it? We don't we don't need their millions. No, Although, just minerals. So again, if, if Paul's listening. I'm sure he would like their millions, but um, no, we're you know. It'll be an interesting day, and it's a day for celebration for us. Job done. Let's you know, let's worry about the playoffs now. But I hope people turn up on on Saturday and and just you know thank thank the team for what they've given us so far this year, and and wishing the best because we won't be back at the AJ Belt on next season. Mm, we will. We'll just be back with a vit with a Super League trophy on a victory on a victory lap. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have a party there. I didn't <laughs> mention that. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's a nice way to send them off, and um, you know, fingers crossed, we come through it, no bumps and bruises, and uh, we, you know, we, we move on. And this time next week, we're we're nervous about an away trip to, well, who knows where. Mm-hmm. Been a fantastic show, Parky. Don't forget to to vote for our player of the year. Uh, our vote will be out shortly. It'll be a tough task that to pick your winners. Uh, big mm-hmm. thanks to Union. Big thanks to the people who have donated on the on the Kofi uh, this week. Yeah. Obviously, it helps us fund the fund the podcast with the subscriptions and the programs, and helps us buy trophies as well, which is which is fantastic. In it, Parky. Obviously, our listeners, you know, really generous with 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 the with the Kofi, and uh, you know, we we can't thank them enough. No, well, what would be the point of us doing this if if we didn't have them in the first place? Mm. Um, no, it's brilliant, and the interaction, you know, is always good on Twitter and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, no, just just thank you. I mean, we you know we talk rugby anyway, um, but it's nice when you know people sort of tip the hat a little bit. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, you guys, you and Paul have been been at this for a long time now, and it's it's not cheap. It does take you know does take a bit of finance to keep it all going. So uh, yeah, no, thank thanks to everybody who, who you know. Spares a, a, a couple of coppers in these these horrible times. Yeah. So big thanks to you this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon.
Devil.